You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 218 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. Welcome back to the show, guys. Here we are. We are here. You are hearing me talk. Um, we haven't recorded here in a long time, have we? It's been a minute. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we usually, I don't, we don't really have like a set, like, okay, this is where we record. We record at Taylor's or record at my house, whichever is more convenient or, you know, if we have something in, you know. That happens, the, right? But yeah, uh, we just we haven't recorded it here in a long time. Yeah, um, which is my house, I should say. This is yeah, Great Plot Studios South. I guess it's usually because my son, because it's hard to record because he's in the next room. Like his his room is next to my office where we record, and you know we're always recording in the middle of the afternoon. Which is exactly when he's taking his nap, so it's it's hard, and I I guess that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Plus, this office is usually in some form of disarray. Although I've managed to keep it in pretty good order since after Crypticon, because I haven't been just like, it's like, like uh, imagine like an author who's like trying to handwrite a book, and he's like, no garbage, <laughs> just like paper and shit all over the place, rubbish. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, how's it going, Taylor? It's going well. Yeah. What's, what's new, which is, uh, I don't know. Not much. Cool. We went and saw fake doctors, real friends live last night. We did. That was awesome. That was so much fun. It was, uh, so uh, for those of you not in the know, um, it's, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison's podcast. It's their Scrubs rewatch podcast. And, um. They've been doing it since COVID started, you know, when, when lockdowns started. They actually said they planned their first episode when lockdown first started. The day it started, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently they were planning it before that. That's kind of the impression yeah, I got. Yeah, they recorded the first episode the, the first day of lockdown. Right. Um, so, I don't know, when... when COVID started and lockdown started happening. We saw a lot of these kinds of podcasts start popping up, you know, celebrities who it's like, okay, well, we can't work for the foreseeable future, so let's do a podcast. Right. So everybody's got a fucking podcast. Everybody's got a fucking podcast. Um, and uh yeah, and so they've just been going through the episodes of Scrubs and and kind of sometimes talking about the episode. <laughs> Mostly not. Mostly not. Yeah, but it's cool. They're they you know they have guests from the uh, you know from the cast, and um, they always do like a um, uh, fan Q and A at the end of the episode, and it's, it's 
it's it's it's a fun show to listen to. I mean, when you're when you're a big fan of Scrubs like we are, um, but yeah, so they did a live show last night, and even though they both are located in L- in L.A., um, they scheduled one live show here in Seattle. So I have to assume it had something to do with T-Mobile. That's yeah, that's what me and Lynn were talking about last night. Yeah, because I I wasn't aware of this until they kept saying it over and over last night. It was uh, the show was sponsored by T-Mobile, which, which makes sense because they're spokespeople for T-Mobile. Yeah, um, and uh, but I mean. It, it being podcast related, I would have thought if anybody sponsored, it would be iHeartRadio, which is the network that's, that's they're on. That's a good point, too. But anyway, yeah, of course, T-Mobile is, is located here in the greater Seattle area um, or headquartered here. Uh, so I, I assume that must have had something to do with it. But they've gone on and on saying, I mean, they haven't really said this is going to be the only time they do it. They said it's, it's very possibly the only time. So kind of lucked out, I guess. Yeah. But it was really a lot of fun. They brought out Bill Lawrence, who of course is the uh, the creator and, and I guess head writer. I think. I think so. Yeah. Of Scrubs, Bill Doozer Lawrence the <laughs> Fourth. Is his middle name really Doozer? Yeah. I thought that was just a nickname. <laughs> no, nope, that's his middle name. <laughs> There's been three of them before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bill Lawrence. You know, he did Scrubs, and of course, he also did Ted Lasso. And shrinking mm-hmm. and Cougar Town, Cougar Town, and, and um, Clone High. Yeah, I I heard them talking, or I think one of the fans was talking about Clone Clone High. I think yeah, somebody just yelled out like, "I love Clone High" because yeah. people were just yelling shit throughout the show. Yeah, and I I love Clone High, uh, and they yeah they just recently brought it back on Paramount Plus, um, and I, I had no idea that was Bill Lawrence. Yep, but um, anyway, yeah, he's uh he, he makes good shows. He except, does, except for Cougar Town. I never watched Cougar Town. I watched like. A couple episodes, and I'm just like, hmm, you know what? No, I have seen part of one episode because I watched the scene with um, Sam Lloyd and Rob Mascio, mm. where Rob Mascio plays Todd, right? The isn't, Todd isn't uh, Zach Braff's in that too, isn't he? I oh yeah, like he's real pizza, quickly, yeah, yeah. He's a pizza delivery guy, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Pizza man, pizza man. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. 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 Thanks for, thanks for, it was my birthday gift. It was so. your birthday gift. Yeah. So thanks. Um, cool. 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 Anything else? Anything exciting going on in your life? Uh, no, not really. What did I do on Saturday? I feel like I did something on Saturday. As in yesterday? Oh, that's right. Today's. Yeah. <laughs> you went to scrubs. Fuck. I'm out of it. Yeah. Oh right, it was before, before Scrubs. Yeah, but I just I went to a dog park. That was all. I went to Growlers. Shout out Growlers for sponsoring the Great Plot Film Fest. I wonder if they'll do it again. Hopefully, I haven't talked to them yet. Sent out a couple emails, gotten sent some feelers out. Have not. I've only gotten one response, and it was a no. Mm. I sent out an email, and like on first on my first read, the response seemed like it had been written. But after reading it a, a second and third time, the form letter it, it sounded very form letter ish. Yeah, so about sponsorship. Yeah, uh, uh, so I don't I don't know if that's gonna work out because they wanted me to like sign up for like uh, an affiliate thing. Oh, that's like, not the same thing. Yeah, it's like that's not what I'm looking for. No, then they're just gonna give us a custom link, and we can't put a custom link on our poster. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, hello fresh. <laughs> 
Um, Guys, let me tell you about me undies. <laughs> and some kind of uh, green protein drink thing. Oh, yeah. Athletic Greens. Yeah. Uh, AG1. Yeah. Do you look at? Have you looked into that by any chance? No, it's very expensive. Is it really? Yes. Oh, even with like discount codes that they always offer you, it's still very expensive. I would not have thought it would be that expensive. Oh, more. It's. I, I've heard it's good though. Like, like I hear brave reviews, and not just from people hawking it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, like, like it's not just woo woo. Sure. They they say I mean it's 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 you know uh, uh, it's like a powder green, right? green based uh, yeah it's a, it's a powder drink that you mix and it's you know it's based in vegetables you know greens um, and it's a protein um, oh protein and, and vitamins um, but yeah like the the people who hawk it I see it mostly on YouTube but I, I presume a lot of podcasts do it too. Oh, yeah, I know Always Sunny does it, and Do uh, Flightless Bird does it, too. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they swear up and down that it, they're, they always say it actually tastes good. Yeah, and it's supposed to give you, what, like your daily dose of something? Something or other. Yeah. Iron or protein or yeah. something. Um, so, yeah, it's like I looked into it because, you know, I I know I'm probably not getting enough protein and probably a lot, a slew of other vitamin, you know, daily vitamins that I'm not getting sure um and, you know that's that, that becomes more important the older you get yeah um and so yeah i looked into it and because i i hate greens like i i just like i can maybe like force myself to eat like a very very plain like green salad but other than that vegetables are just really not my thing and i have a hard time choking them down yeah um so that would be ideal for me something like that you like kevin from the office when he eats broccoli <laughs> What are you, are you like Kevin from the office when he eats broccoli? And he like starts eating from the stem and he's just like almost crying when he's doing it. I'm just like, why would you start from that end? He's like, this is a new food for me. <laughs> or Newman, vile weed. <laughs> no, when I was going to the when I was going to the gym, um, you know, I'd come home and make myself a, a protein drink, um, but I always put uh, a bunch of broccoli in it. Just like a fistful of bro- frozen broccoli, throw it in the mix, and you know, blend it up real good. And I always got a pretty hefty dose of you know, iron and and, and greens, and um, you know, probably not, probably not like as much as like you probably should daily, but that was a step up for me. Interesting. What do you think? What vegetable would you guess has the most protein? The most protein? Yeah. Uh, something in the legume family. Green peas. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know what has a lot of protein? Spooge. Jizz. <laughs> Spoogums. <laughs> so next time you make a protein drink, just put in all your, you know, your berries and your vegetables and stuff, and then just give it a quick wank. <laughs> but then I'm just be like recycling my own protein. That's true. Are you losing protein when you wank? I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm not a science guy. <laughs> you need Bill Nye. But I mean, at least that way you're not losing protein. He's a science guy. Sure, you're just... You're just recycling. Recycling, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you drink your own piss. Which I guess doesn't really help in any way, but... <laughs> you're not gaining anything. 
It's like, but yeah, you're also getting from all the berries and stuff, but then you could just do that without the jizz. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I I missed that drink because it tasted good. And it was, you know, I was getting a lot of benefit from it, but now for me to drink it, it'd be too much. Um, because it's got like a lot of, a lot of fat and a lot of sugar in it. Mm. Well, not a lot of sugar, but <clears throat> more than I need. When I was going to the gym regularly, it was kind of whatever, you know, like I, the fat was actually good, you know, um, because you, you, you burn a lot of that stuff when you're working out and, um, kind of replenishing healthy amounts of that, healthy, healthy amounts of that is, is good. But now that I'm not, as active if i were to drink one every day it would be detrimental more more than it would be beneficial sure anyway anyways what our point was was go to athleticgreens.com and use code graveplot for zero percent off your order (laughs) (laughs) um anyway uh yeah I'm, i'm trying to think of anything else we're talking about not really. Not much going on, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of a well. It's not even a slow month. It's actually a busy month. We've got a lot of s- stuff going on because we we had that last night. Got we're going to thrice on Thursday. That's true. Yeah. Um, and there's something else too this month. Sun, always sunny trivia. Yeah, that that's gonna be rough. Getting up to fucking Fremont on a Tuesday. Yeah, that sucks. It being on a weekday. But anyway. I mean, it's fine for me because I could literally walk there if I wanted to, but... Right. Yeah, like when, you know, we went to a a trivia, was two months ago? Well, maybe longer than that. I honestly, I don't don't know. By the way. It was probably 2019, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, that was in Beacon Hill, and that's much less of a drive for me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway. um, Yeah, nothing else interesting going on. Just kind of living life hell yeah dude a kid has gotten into his uh his mine phase mine yeah everything's mine everything is he was grabbing because i've talked before i've got a dog he's he's um paraplegic you know everything i'd say probably like right above his pelvis on his in his spine he can't feel anything below that um, so he just kind of drags his butt across the ground and you know, he wears a diaper just so he's not dra- dragging his bare ass across the floor, but, um, he can't feel his back legs obviously. And they just kind of drag behind him. Um, but my kid was like grabbing his foot, like grabbing it, <laughs> like lifting it up. Oh no. And like, my wife was like, Hey, put that, let go of that. That's not, he's going mine, mine. No, that's not yours. No, that's clearly the dog's. Oh, yeah. it's a, it belongs to the thing that it's attached to. Right. Everything is fucking his. It's like, apparently this can last, uh, like, to, like, three years old. So this is, is going to be fun. You got a year of this? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, like, it's the Fucking whole, party. Yeah. <laughs> the whole terrible twos thing. Started probably a couple months before he was actually two years old, which is apparently very normal. Um, but I was reading that in the, for the most part, it's between the ages of two and three is kind of when that takes place. The whole terrible twos thing. Yeah. Um, 
but I've seen that it can last up to like four years old. So I'm really hoping that's not the case because I might lose my mind. I mean, it could last until he's 17 for all you know. Like, well, kick his ass out of the house. Be on Maury. <laughs> Maury? <laughs> Sending him to boot camp. <laughs> He'll be coming out going, whatever, I do what I want. It's my hot body. Uh, okay. Well, um, yeah, we won't uh, waste any more of your time because we've got probably at least a couple hours of wasting your time ahead of us. So, um, before we move on with the show proper, I want to thank, uh, some special people, our grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, they help, uh, support this show financially, uh, cause you know, it's not expensive, but it, it, it does cost money. Everything costs money, 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 money spent. It's good. Yeah. Very little about uh, America. Uh, America, well, yeah, yeah, uh, is free. I mean, sure, we could sit around and you know do this, and then be like, "Hey, guys, we recorded oh, the pod- podcast." Yeah, yeah. I think you meant just doing this with our hands. <laughs> I was just like, "Well, we, we could, could, we could." Nobody's gonna watch that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, we could sit here and you know talk for a couple hours and record it even. Uh, but then it's just like, Hey guys, we recorded a podcast. Cool. Where can we listen to it? On my computer. I don't know. Facebook (laughs) on your fucking Facebook. (laughs) So it does cost. Oh my God. (laughs) It does cost money. You're welcome. (laughs) Greetings from the interior. (laughs) It does cost money to, uh, you know, put this uh, podcast out for you guys, you know, to, to put it online and and advertise and, and whatnot. It does cost money, and those... but you know what is free? This is this fucking podcast? It is free. It's free. We're not charging anybody. Yeah. Anything. At no point have we ever like, you know, uh, made it like uh, pay to play, or offered any kind of like special like listener tiers, anything like that. The only thing we've ever done is, hey, if you want to join us on Patreon, you can help us help support us. Uh, you help us keep the show going. And we'll try to toss you some free stuff when we can. And, I mean, we we don't have, like, hundreds of patrons like a lot of other, you know, podcasts or YouTube channels or anything like that have. But we do have a a core of patrons that have been with us for a long time. And they are very supportive of the show and uh, do help keep us keep things running. Yes. And we love that. Yes. Uh, And these people, of course, are... Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Desgoda, and all the other people who do not give us enough money for us to say their names on this show. That's true. But we do still appreciate them. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, their money spends just as well as anybody else's. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, if anybody else wants to join us, where can they go, Taylor? They can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Grave Plot Podcast. For as little as $1, you can join us every episode for live horror business. We are live right now on our exclusive Discord channel. $5, get your name in the show. Other perks include discounts on merchandise. I think maybe we should do like a, a Patreon exclusive shirt. We could do that. It says like Grave Digger. Didn't we have one at some point? I don't think so. That sounds like something we at least talked about. We definitely talked about it. Can we just buy like old Gravedigger monster truck shirts and then just like repurpose them? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
By the way, uh, just going to say coming up soon, Patreon picks episode. (laughs) You can decide what movies we watch, and they always make us watch bad ones. Yep. (laughs) Because that's the only time we watch bad movies. They think it's funny. (laughs) Bastards. Um, Okay. Anything else before we get started? Nope. Okay. Well. Let's just go ahead and wait. Oh, what's this? No, this is all messed up. Don't worry about this. Don't don't look over here. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't look at me. No, hey, look. <laughs> like when I looked at it, I thought it said, I thought this was real world horror, but it said, then I just noticed it said preview. No, it didn't. Like, oh. It never said that. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, guys, let's do some horror business. What are you doing right now? I'm fixing the sheet. <laughs> was there something we were... Oh, no, yeah. it's just... Oh, I see. There, there was no spot for it. Uh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, uh, starting out in real world horror, um, <laughs> Florida. What are you doing? <laughs> Man, did you see that picture floating around of a bunch of DeSantis supporters outside Disney World? Oh, the ones with Nazi flags? Yeah. Man, can you imagine... Uh, how it must feel to see a flag with your name on it flying next to a Nazi flag. That's got to be embarrassing. If at any point in your life you are on the same side as Nazis, you need to do some serious soul searching. (laughs) You need to stop doing whatever it is you're doing. And immediately, first of all, denounce fucking Nazis. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, unless they are, like, doing it to spite you, in which case... Not much you can do. Dude, if there's like Nazis burning grave plot podcast flags, I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> um yeah, but like I said, I mean if you if you are on or like you said, if you're on a political side that also is pro- is occupied by Nazis, then yeah, you're you're doing something wrong. Yeah, uh, but like but like I said, if they get wind of like how opposed you are to them or, or whatever, and they just start doing it out, out of spite, it's like yeah, yeah, we support that guy. Yeah, it's like what do you do? You're fucked because <laughs> your name's tied to it, and there's not a lot you can do. It's like no, no, I I don't endorse those assholes. Oh yeah, like I said, that's the first thing you do is you denounce Nazis. Yeah, right. like no, that's fuck all you can do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... This Florida. story has nothing to do with Nazis, I promise. <laughs> no more Nazis for the rest of the show. No, no more Ron DeSantis. Well, yeah, probably no more Ron DeSantis for the rest of the show. Yeah, I mean, it's over the course of the next like year and a half, it's probably going to come up. Do we, do we talk about anything Disney? Yeah, we do. Okay, Ron DeSantis might come up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, down in Florida, where... America's penis. Like America's asshole. Um, I think that's Texas. Huh? I think that's Texas. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But I mean, Texas is a little, a little thing. <laughs> a little thing. A little thing at the bottom. It goes deep into Mexico. Yeah. So deep. So deep. 
Just penetrates Mexico. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the woman in the audience goes, We're Mexican. And Zach Brown's like, Okay. Wait, what? At the show last night, and some woman in the audience just yelled, We're Mexican. Oh, yeah. And Zach Brown's just like, Okay. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, okay. So, a family in Florida, uh, in Fort Myers to be specific, uh, were understandably bewildered when a man wandered into their home with the wild claim that he was a ghost. <laughs> uh, Fort Myers resident Brian McCaslin and his two daughters had just sat down for dinner. What do you think they were having? Fucking mac and cheese with hot dogs in it. Let's <laughs> say like Chef Boyardee <laughs> <laughs> with hot dogs in it. <laughs> so a fancy dinner. <laughs> That's what we call Florida fancy. <laughs> <laughs> or like mac and cheese with hot dogs in it with barbecue sauce drills on top. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Did someone graduate high school? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, some breadcrumbs on top. Jesus. That's a good shit. We made him money? <laughs> Why don't we just give it away? Um, uh, their meal, meal was quickly interrupted by what seemed to be someone knocking on their front door. A tap, tap, tapping on their chamber door. Just tap, tap, tap or who? <laughs> um, when McCaslin went to see who it was, he was surprised to find a man in a bathing suit standing in the living room. So did he knock and then just walk in? That's what it appears to be, yes. Here's an idea. Lock your fucking door. Yeah. Like, I... My wife, like, uh, a, a lot of women in her... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Demographic. Demographic, thank you. Um, it's like, it's a D word. <laughs> um, watches a lot of shows about people who kill people. True crime. Yes. Um, and, uh, yes, guys, she's white. (laughs) She is a white gal in her mid thirties. She loves pumpkin spice lattes. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so yeah, she's always watching these shows and like, and there's no shortage of them. I am astounded how she's managed to watch so many hours of these shows and still has some granted a lot of times she's watching stories, different stories on, you know, different shows about the same case. She's oh, it's like, why are you, why are you doing this? She's not one of those people that like tries to solve shit. No, she? no, okay. no, no. Um, anyway, but, uh, so often, you know, you're hearing these people talking about, uh, you know, their loved ones that just kind of up and disappeared. Somebody broke into their house and kidnapped their loved ones or, you know, somebody came into their house and, and killed somebody, you know, one of their family member or whatever. And it's like, well, this is, you know, a nice, quiet community. You know, we don't lock our doors around here. It's like, why? Yeah, maybe you should start. There's a fucking lock on your door for a reason. I'll tell you, there is no reason to not lock your door. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you saying that, oh, we live in a quiet neighborhood. There's no, you know, nobody locks their doors. It's like, you're just being lazy is what you are. Yeah, like if you want to leave, you just 
It's that easy. Yeah. I mean, I do it 20 times a day. Yeah, I agree with you. There's no reason not to lock your door. Um, I live in an apartment building and I lock my door. Like, I'm, I'm, I'd be more... I think I'd probably be more apt to lock my apartment door. Like, even if it was like an in, indoor I mean, there's one. more people walking by. Yeah, people you don't know. Yeah. Like, my neighbors, I don't know them well, but I know who they are. So, like, while I lock my door, I'd probably be more comfortable not leaving my door locked than I would in an apartment building with hundreds of people who I don't know. And not only that, who are letting in people. In. Exactly. Um, but what if it's a ghost? <laughs> he could just walk right through the door. Yes. He clearly drowned. His, that's why he's wearing the bathing Naturally, suit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the only explanation. Um, he said, uh, so... Um, Mr. McCaslin said he started to tell me that he was a ghost, the homeowner called, uh, and I shouldn't be able to see him. <laughs> he was shocked that I could see him. He thought he was walking around and that nobody could see him. But did anybody see him? Ever, yeah, I mean, at least McCaslin. Did the daughters see him? Did Can they see him, see him? See him? Can they see him? Can they ver- like maybe maybe McCaslin made all this up? I mean, maybe maybe there was no man. That's maybe. yeah. <laughs> or it's just like uh, it's like oh wait, was he about you know about you know five eleven? You know, kind of like receding hairline, bathing suit, bathing suit. <laughs> maybe he had a like a like a tattoo on his left arm. Yeah, that guy died ten years ago. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ghost. Um, uh, I can only assume. Well, let's see. Okay, um, McCaslin was able to convince the spirit to leave the residence without incident. However, this was not the end of the strange visit, as the apparition who def- identified himself as Kevin. God, fucking Kevin. Kevin. There's always, there's always a fucking <laughs> Kevin. Miss Coda. <laughs> Proceeded to lock himself inside the truck of a work crew outside the home. Much like his appearance during the family's dinner, Kevin's occupation of the vehicle did not last very long as the workers were able to convince him to exit the truck. I want to know, like, did the workers, like, come up and be like, buddy, get out of the truck. He's like, you can see me too? <laughs> this is nothing like... Uh, uh, the movie Ghost. <laughs> Thank God no one was making pottery at the time. He <laughs> just comes up behind him and puts it. What the fuck? <laughs> Maybe if it, was, if it was Zach Baggins, he would like have trouble breathing. Oh no! Someone would scratch his back. Yeah. <laughs> um. Da, 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 da. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there, there's that. This is uh Yeah, but then he fled the scene and promptly vanished like a ghost. <laughs> Maybe he went into the light? I don't know. <laughs> he got sucked off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about uh scrubs and and something like this happened on an episode of Scrubs. It did? Yeah, it was the one with uh Colin Farrell. The guy walking around the hospital thinking he was dead, walking corpse syndrome. Oh yeah, I can't remember what he says. Like, like he goes around like kind of monologuing 
the hospital. Yeah, he's like narrating. Yeah. Like nobody, like as if nobody can see or hear him. And like one part of Colin Farrell's like, what are you in here for? He's like, oh, I'm dead. It's like, oh, that's rough. How long? <laughs> uh, anyway. What is it? But so what are we thinking? Meth? Well, I mean, it is Florida. So it could be meth. Flocka. Flocka. Is Flocka still? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hello. <laughs> is Flocka in still? Is, is no Flocka idea. still fashionable? I don't know. Uh, bath salts. No, bath salts. He'd probably like eat somebody. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not hip to the drugs, so I, I like. I, do I sound so old right now? <laughs> I'm not hip to what the kids are doing. Um, With your drug sticks. <laughs> drug sticks. You smoked it like like a cigarette. Um, are you, mushrooms, maybe? Like, I'm trying to think of what would make you think you're a ghost. Yeah. I mean, mushrooms, yeah. From what, Some kind of hallucinogen. Or... From what I know about mushrooms, yeah, I think that probably could have been like... Although a lot of people I've seen that have done mushrooms, they like plant themselves and don't want to move. Well... When I lived in New York, I had a roommate who did mushrooms, and the rest of the roommates were not good roommates. They let him leave, Uh-oh. and he kicked in someone's windshield, and then when the police came, he uh, I was about to yell his full name. I probably shouldn't do that, but he just kept screaming, I'm first, middle, last, and the police are like, I don't care. You're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Classic. He had a great name for yelling, too. I wish I could yell it on the air, but that's probably probably not a good idea. Um, anyway. Buffer knows what I'm talking about. Good. Good. Yep. Uh, so there's that. That's Florida. <laughs> Fucking. What up, what up, what up, what up? I think this is just another day in Florida, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so possibly the biggest news in our orbit, uh, officially announced at Con. Con! Yep. Terrifier 3 is a go. Hey! It is greenlit, uh, announced by The Coven, who is once again teaming up with the franchise's filmmakers to handle worldwide sales. Uh, director Damien Leone, as well as producer Phil Falcone, will return to oversee the continuation of the franchise. What? This fucking stuff. Staten Island Italians. <laughs> hey, I'm Phil Falcone. Forget about it. <laughs> uh, plot is being kept under wraps, but David Howard Thornton and Lauren Lavera are among cast expected to return. David Howard Thornton, of course, is the art of the clown, and Lauren Lavera introduced in part two as Sienna. Go check out Skeletoni's uh, awesome. Terrifier 2 art at skeletoniart.com. Hey, thanks, bud. Hey. <laughs> Filming is expected to get underway in November or December of this year for release in late 2024. I'm guessing probably around October. One would guess, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I have to assume they shoot around that time just for setting purposes, you know, like as 
so I don't have to dress things to look like the fall. <laughs> Every time I look at set pictures, mostly from Terrifier 2, uh, like behind the scenes stuff, they're always like in between cuts, they're always wearing like these big heavy coats. Yeah. <laughs> God, it must be fucking freezing. Yeah. Because New York gets like fucking cold in the winter, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Terrifier 3 will be another. Oh, this is a quote from Damien Leone. Terrifier 3 will be another boundary-pushing addition to the horror genre, continuing the no-holds-barred, uncompromising exploits fans of the franchise have yet have come to expect and celebrate. If you thought Art the Clown's Reign of Terror in Part 2 was extreme, you haven't seen anything yet. Uh, just a friendly reminder, Terrifier 2 had people vomiting and pass out and vomiting in their own pass out. <laughs> <laughs> it's an always sunny quote. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, uh, that was like a, a selling point for them. Like something just oh, yeah. completely happened by chance. But yeah, they it's they, very they old, leaned into it. It's a very old school horror uh, marketing technique. Oh yeah, I mean, even like, if it wasn't marketing, like that. But yeah, they just leaned into it once it started happening. Yeah, definitely like old like William Castle type stuff. Just like it's like people are fainting in the in the theater. You know, you you might have a heart attack. Right. Like there was some. I don't remember what movie, but at least one movie that gave away barf bags. For Terrifier? No, this was like in like the 70s or something. Oh, okay. So it's like it's Terrifier, I think, in the UK. I don't think I don't think it was here in the States. I think it was in the UK. They handed out one one theater handed out barf bags. Were they like branded? They they had like they were all like old school stamped and they were stamped for Terrifier too. It was pretty cool. Nice. They've become a pretty uh, pretty uh, widely traded collector's item now. Oh, I bet. And then me and Tony were like, yeah, get him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for this. Um, I'm, I think probably justifiably uh, nervous. Sure. For, for, for many reasons. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, you, you do something, you make a great movie, and then you make a great sequel. A lot of times, it's hard to make a th- good third one. Mm-hmm. I have faith in Damien Leone and his and his crew that they can make a really good third movie. Um, but what makes me nervous is that all the hype that the second one got is going to affect the third one. I feel like because it's naturally the the budget. I have to assume is going to be astronomically higher. Well, adds Priscilla Ross Smith, founder of the coven. There will be a much bigger budget this time around, which is intended to give the filmmakers more creative freedom and let them be as wild as they can be. And all jokes aside, we are going for that Oscar this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like when you throw more money at at an independent film, that's what makes me nervous is because it's not, it, it's like kind of a you know over over overcooking a meal type situation. You know, you eventually you you throw too much money at it, and it just kind of loses its flavor. Well, especially a movie like this too. Like you don't want it to be too polished. You don't want it to look too exactly. Good. Like it's got to have that little bit of grime to it. It's, I mean, like like a, that's apparent between the first Terrifier and Terrifier Two. Ah, Terrifier, absolutely. the first Terrifier had that gritty. I mean, I mean. 
it was not like shot on film. It was shot digitally, but it had like kind of a grindhouse effect added to it as far as coloring and, you know, like screen effects and stuff like that. Um, it looked very grindhouse. Terrifier 2 was much more polished. Um, and just the upgrade in quality, I think, among the, the fan base was very noticed. Like it, it, it didn't go un, unnoticed. Like a lot of people were commenting on it. You follow, like, kind of track the uh, online chatter about it. Uh, so I just, I, I worry that things like that will continue to happen and it might not necessarily benefit the film, but I don't know. It, it's, it's impossible to say for yeah. sure. Uh, I just, I really hope that Leone and everyone involved keeps that mindset. It's like, this is what fans want. They don't want, you know, over the, they, they don't want, you know, big budget studio shit, you know? Yeah. They, we they don't want need explosions or anything exactly. like that. Like, but I remember when terrifier two came out, they kept talking about like, there's this one scene that everyone was freaking out about and you'll know which one. And I'm still not sure which one terrifier two. Yeah. The salt one. Like I would say the salt one or the mashed potato one, neither as delicious as it sounds. <laughs> Yeah, the the one in in the bedroom, I I that would be my guess. Yeah, with the salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be my guess too. Um, but there's so many, yeah, there's so much to pick from. Yeah, <laughs> it's a veritable smorgasbord. Um, but yeah, I, either way, I am very much looking forward to this. Oh no doubt. Uh, Terrifier two was probably my number one movie of, of 2022. So party here we go so uh last halloween um you know 90s kids got something they'd been begging for for I don't know. Ten years, maybe. Sure. I'm just trying to think of like when our age bracket started getting so old that we started yearning for things from our youth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say probably about between five and ten years ago. Okay. Uh, we got Hocus Pocus two, the long-awaited uh, sequel to, of course, the, the Disney film from the '90s. Um, it was a Disney, you know, straight to Disney plus film and it was apparently a huge success. Um, I still haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would have thought, I mean, like anybody else, you would have watched it around. Yeah, Halloween I, don't, just, I don't know. Didn't for whatever reason. Fair enough. Didn't, wasn't like an active, like I'm boycotting it or anything. Sure. But it just, yeah, just never really came up. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. Like I thought it was fine. Obviously it didn't have the charm i guess of of the original the charm <laughs> this is part of his charm uh but i mean it was fine there's was, there was nothing wrong with the movie i know a lot of people were bitching about it because it's like you build something like that up in your head and you know you want this i think people don't really know what they want 
they they build but they build something up like that in their heads and then it doesn't really give them the warm fuzzies like a movie that they've been watching for 30 years right <laughs> go figure um but uh it's very hard to manufacture nostalgia yeah it is and that that's the problem with a lot of these you know sequels or reboots or something that are trying to recapture that uh you, you, you can't yeah you said it perfect you can't manufacture it it's just it, it has unless to. you're stranger things sure yeah <laughs> they're really the only ones that have done it well but they're they're not trying to ignite their own nostalgia right they're banking on other nostalgia exactly yeah like uh you know it's it's like when um that shitty ghostbusters movie came out and they brought back ecto cooler people were Losing their shits. I mean, obviously that wasn't in the movie itself, but when they brought back Ectocooler, people were losing their fucking minds about it. Uh, and it's like, yeah, Ectocooler is fucking awesome, but it's like, okay, it's it's Ectocooler, right? And then you drink it and you go, oh, this isn't that good. I mean, essentially, well, it's like it, it doesn't hit the same, you know? Yeah, I actually still I've got uh, a flat of it, you know, twelve cans of it. I'm just tucked away it's in the closet. Your savings? Mm-hmm. It's your savings? I just never drank it, and it's like they're probably not drinkable anymore. Um, so now yeah. you're just going to watch watch the value go up? I mean, if I could sell it for a profit, then I'll <laughs> fucking sell it. I got some Crystal Pepsi, too. There was that one summer where it was just like, they brought back Pitch Black, they brought back Crystal Pepsi, they brought back Ecto Cooler. It's like, this is amazing. And Zima, they brought back Zima. You and your fucking Zima. <laughs> if anybody uh, knows where I can get some OK Cola, please let me know. Do they not have OK Cola anymore? OK Cola has been around forever. Really? Stop That's... fiddling. I can't help it. I'm a fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> if I were a rich man. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> anyway... Here's Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, that fucking... Anyway, here's Wonderwall joke. That never gets old. <laughs> that is funny in like pretty much every context. Um, anyway, so back on on on, uh, on subject here. So yeah, Hocus Pocus came out uh, to Disney Plus last uh, Halloween. It was a huge success, uh, despite all the... You know, the hand wringing. Ne- yeah, well, the, the negative reviews always seem to take you know center stage because it's you know people just love they're the loudest, song. huh? They're the loudest. Yeah, and people, as much as people like to bitch about negativity, they love it. <laughs> people love reading negative comments because it gets them, it makes them feel something. It you know, feeds them. Yeah, because people are just fucking dramatic. Uh, anyway, but uh, apparently in, uh, in a New York Times uh, profile piece they did with uh, Sean Bailey, um, what what is his role at Disney? Um, party party guy. <laughs> oh, he's a producer, party boy. <laughs> uh, so a produ- pro- producer Sean Bailey, uh, presumably Hocus Pocus two producer. Uh, he basically just without any, uh, you know, 
secret talks or you know with side whispers or anything like that he said yeah we're, we're making hocus pocus 3 now after seeing hocus pocus 2 i don't really understand how that's gonna work but you know if anybody can do it i'm sure it's gonna be disney whether it's good or not um he's the president of walt disney studios is he yeah oh okay well i just looked him up and it says a producer so oh well there we go President Maltese since 2010 or 2010. Yeah. If Upcom- upcoming titles include Tim Burton's Frankenweenie, Oz the Great and Powerful, and The Lone Ranger. Someone needs to update this man's IMDb page. None of those are upcoming. Are you sure? Weren't they making a live-action Frankenweenie? They did make a live-action Frankenweenie. Or no. That was a CGI one. Well, it's based on the live-action short. Right. But, I mean, Lone Ranger starring Johnny Depp came out a long time ago. Oh, is is it that one? Yeah. Okay. And Oz the Great and Powerful, directed by Sam Raimi and starring James Franco. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, those are... Are you looking at the right one? Here? I'm looking at his IMDb page. I'm just, I'm not seeing any of those as upcoming. It's oh, that's in his bio. Oh, I see. Well, he doesn't need to keep a fucking IMDb bio. He's a president of Walt Disney, for Christ's sake. Well, he should have a person that does it for him, and I volunteer for $50,000 a year. <laughs> Good. I mean, he got, he got, he became president of Walt Disney Studios, or Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture Production. That's that's a weird name, like a weird company name. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you say Walt Disney Motion Picture Studios? Yeah. Right? I mean, right? It makes sense to me. <laughs> but it says he's 53 years old, and that was 2010, so that would make him, what, barely 40? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> um, lost my place. There it is. Uh, yeah, in an interview with, uh, Hollywood Reporter last October, Hocus Pocus 2 producer Sam, or sorry, Adam Shankman, uh, teased the potential for follow-up projects, which could center on the sequel's new characters. Hocus Pocus 2 introduced Whitney Peak as Becca, Belissa Escobedo as Izzy, and Lilia Buckingham as Cassie, a new group of sisters, they're not sisters, uh, who came together to vanquish the Sandersons. Uh, sounds like both sequels and spinoffs are on the table at this time. Bette Midler, Sarah, Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimi returned as the Sanderson sisters in Hocus Pocus 2, and we assume they'd be back for the now-confirmed Hocus Pocus 3 at the very least. I... Sequels and spinoffs. Like, do we really need a Hocus Pocus cinematic universe? No. Come on. We we barely needed Hokey po- Hocus Pocus Hokey 2. Hokey Pokey. Hokey Pokey 2. <laughs> I I would go as far as to say we definitely do not need Hocus Pocus three, and beyond that we de- we do not need cartoons, spinoffs, any of that. I would say we need a Hocus Pocus cinematic universe slightly less than we need a Lion King live action cinematic universe, which is what they're talking about now. <laughs> what are they gonna do? I I don't know. Make more soulless sequels. Well, I mean, they did make a lot of Lion King sequels, if I recall. There was Lion King one and a half with Timon and Pumbaa. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Didn't they make a Timon and Pumbaa cartoon show? I believe there was a a show, yeah. Yeah. 
cartoon show. Um, but the live action remake of Lion King was bad. I never saw it. It wasn't good. I've, I've heard as much, yeah. Because you can't make live action animals expressive. No. You can't make them smile and laugh and cry and all of the things that the cartoon did. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like watching a weird dubbed nature documentary. <laughs> like the cast was great, but they just, the, they can only do so much, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't mean, honestly, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa was so good. Yeah. That, but I mean, it's hard to beat fucking Nathan Lane and, uh, Oh Christ! What's the other guy's name? Guy that did Pumba. Um. Uh, it was uh, uh, you know that guy. Yeah. Ernie Sabella. Sure. Let, let's say that. That's that's who it is. <laughs> I mean, fucking Matthew Broderick, Jeremy Irons, Whoopi Goldberg, Rowan Atkinson. This is from the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Cheech Marin. You can't beat that. But I mean, Donald Glover, Beyonce, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner. I don't give a shit about Beyonce. I'll just put that out there. Uh, great. Now the, the Bay Hive is going to come for us. No, oh, fuck them. <laughs> John Oliver, Eric Andre, Keegan-Michael Key, Phil Lamar, Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Didn't actually even know he was in that. I mean, I applaud them for having an almost entirely black cast. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, the cast was great, but it's just, it it wasn't the cast or the voices that was the problem. The problem was just that the animals the movie looked like <laughs> it was just the animals looked like real animals. Like I said, you can't make a real lion look expressive enough, yeah, to portray what you're trying to portray. Yes. So, Hocus Pocus three, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people have their opinions whether or not they need it. I, I would, I would venture to guess that most people would probably say, we could probably skip that. People are like, it's going to be free. Yeah, f- sure. I'll watch it. <laughs> Whatever. But it's, it, I mean, it doesn't have, if after seeing Hocus Pocus 2, I would guess that the Sanderson sisters will not be in it. Hmm. That's not what this says, but it, Yeah. But I mean that that sounds like it was probably an assumption from wherever you got this article from. Well, yeah, I mean it even says we assume they'd be <laughs> right. Um, when you assume, you make you an, an asshole, asshole out, out yourself. Uh, case in point, because I mean those they're gonna be like Bette Bindler's like if she's not already in her seventies, she's probably going to be. You said Met Bindler, did I? <laughs> I think so. Bet Midler. Uh, I like Matt Bidler. <laughs> and, I mean, Kathy Najimy and Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, they're getting up, up there in years, too. I mean, mm-hmm. not... I, and Sarah Jessica Parker's still making Sex and the City stuff, like, all the time. All the time. Just so much. It's like, can we stop, please? <laughs> I feel like the show's never going to die. Like, they were like, oh, it's, it's the last season. And I was like, oh, thank God. They're like, now we're going to make 12 movies. Right. Oh, and a new series. Yeah. I'm like, just Stop. <laughs> I may have talked. I'm sure we've gone on a tirade about Sex in the City before. Probably we we go on tirades a lot. We've been talking about Hocus Pocus for an hour and a half. <laughs> but I just bef, bef, actually 
probably several years before I met my wife, um, I was dating this girl who, uh, her, she, she loved Sex and the City. It was like her favorite show. And like every time we would h- hang out at her house, like she'd be watching Sex and the City. And like, and I think this was when the show was still on. I don't know. Either way, it's just like, like I'm sitting there watching it. Like on the surface, the show looks stupid, but when you actually watch it, it's like, my God. How did they write this show? And we, not only did they have, how did they write it, but how did they actually like get it on TV? Because this is some of the worst shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like it's it's dumb through and through, and it's also offensive to lots of people. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Hocus Pocus three. Um, Sorry, one last thing on Sex and City. It was funny because I've been rewatching all the old Always Sunnies to prepare for trivia. You know, and there's the episode where Dee wants to go to the Martini Bar, <laughs> yeah. and Dennis is just like, you know, she's been watching that stupid Sex in the City show. And Matt goes, "Oh, will that show ever die?" And like, I looked over at Lynn and I was like, "It's still fucking going." Yeah, I was like, "This episode was like 13 years ago." <laughs> <laughs> I think the show was still on at the, the point that I uh, probably I think it was. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um, Hocus Pocus 3. Yeah, con- plus. contrary sure. to whatever outlet put this article together, uh, I do not think the Sanderson sisters will be back. And therefore, this movie will lose a lot of the steam that brought people in our age bracket back to it. And I don't think it has this the drive to pull in younger. A new generation. Yeah. So that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And you know about everything, what they say about opinions, they're they're like assholes, because everyone's got one. And they all, they all stink. stink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can move on now. Okay, thanks for the the approval. I want to know where to go, like, I want to go, give me the dough. I want to run back or I'll that tree. All right, so speaking of bringing things back that I don't know how many people really want, uh, last year, two years ago, there was uh, The Leprechaun Returns, which is supposed to be a legacy sequel to the original Leprechaun. Uh, I heard nothing but terrible things. Yeah, it's like I was... I never saw it. You know, after they did Leprechaun Origins, is that what it was called? Oh, my God. That was a disaster. Like, the fact that they even tied it to the original series was insulting. (laughs) Like, for me, as somebody who kind of likes the original movies. (laughs) um, And then they made that new one, which looked like it was more of a go back or you know, throw back to the original series right yeah like i said it was supposed to be a legacy sequel right. to the first movie and retcon and all the hood movies and stuff right but after hearing all, so many bad reviews i'm like mm. wasn't it directly to sci-fi i don't know i think it was I, but take your word for it I, I i believe that it could be <laughs> um yeah but after i saw all the bad reviews i'm like, mm. maybe skip that one yeah uh, didn't didn't have Warwick Davis as a leprechaun. Right, their first mistake. Yeah. Well, Lionsgate has now hired director Felipe Vargas of Milk Teeth. 
Okay. No idea what Milk that steak. is. Milk steak with a side of jelly beans. Uh, to quote, reimagine the Leprechaun franchise. So in other words, remake. Yep. They're restarting it. Uh, Mike Van Ways wrote the screenplay for this new film. And Roy Lee is producing through Vertigo Entertainment. You may know the name Roy Lee because he directed a little movie called It. Heard of it? It made a million dollars. I have heard of it. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter says Warwick Davis is not expected to reprise the role, which in this case I'm okay with because this is supposed to be a new franchise. It's its own thing. That's fine. Warwick Davis doesn't need to come back. Warwick Davis is probably like 60. Yeah. He doesn't really need to return in this role. Yeah, I mean, did you you didn't watch Willow, did you? No, I didn't. It was very bad, and some of that was because of him. Oof. So I I love I love Warwick Davis, but maybe he just needs to hang it up. Yeah, well, that's that's sad. Uh, Aaron Westerman, president of production for Lionsgate, says thirty years after its debut, this franchise still casts a spell. And we're thrilled to be see a spell. It was, it was the segue from Hoax Pocus cast a spell, yeah, uh, and we're th- thrilled. Uh, we're thrilled to be bringing it back with a new vision. Roy and Miri are two of our most trusted producers, especially with this genre, and we're excited by Felipe's vision for the fr- film as a director. In his hands, this movie should be very scary and a ton of fun. I'll tell you one thing: the first Leprechaun was not, and that's scary. <laughs> no, none of them were scary. No, like they got more and more ridiculous as they went along because they realized, I think they made the first one trying to be scary and they were like, oh, this isn't scary. This is funny. Yeah. We should make it funny. Yeah. You gotta, and then you got to lean into it. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you want to make money, you got to lean into it. You got to turn into the skit. <laughs> and then they're like, what if he goes to Vegas? And then they're like, what if he goes to space? <laughs> what if he goes to the hood? Twice. That's <laughs> <laughs> I saw this uh, TikTok where this guy, he just like storms into this boardroom and he goes, we're making movies about street racing. Name a bald guy. Uh, Vin Diesel. You, name a bald guy. The Rock. You, name a bald guy. Jason Statham. Boom. Done. Did you send that to me? Maybe. I've seen that. And I, I don't know if I just saw it on my own or if, if you sent it to me or something. But and Was this going to be like a trilogy? No, we're making 12 of them. <laughs> Exciting times in the, in the Fast and Furious franchise, guys, because guess what? The Rock's back. Is he? Yep. <laughs> apparently, him him and uh, Vin Diesel settled their beef. I heard he apparently also had beef with Statham. They, like, beefed on the Hobbs and Shaw set. I hadn't heard that, but I wouldn't doubt it, apparently. Like, I like The Rock. I think he's a good guy, but apparently he does not get along with people very well. Mm. I think he's gotten kind of a big head. I mean, um, he does have kind of a big head, but he's got a huge head. He's got a big old head. He's a huge everything. Yeah, he's. I, mean, very... I don't know what kind of bat he's carrying. <laughs> <either. laughs> Man, if you go back and look at his like Rocky Maivia days and see him now, it's like wow, it is a crazy transformation. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, Leprechaun, <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> Hopefully, not bringing back. Uh, um. Oh, my God. The guy who played him in Origins from WWE. Hornswoggle. Right. Hopefully not bringing back Hornswoggle. <laughs> but I think he's busy doing Fox News. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Why Why do so many celebrities go to Fox News? I don't understand it. It's like, are celebrities just inherently assholes? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. 
You know what confounded the shit out of me was, you remember Kennedy from uh, MTV? Yeah. She was a correspondent on Fox News for years. Really? Yeah, she just recently either got fired or left. But she was on Fox News for so long. She's like super right wing. It's like MTV, which was like the like the center post for like like uh, you know the, the, the whole eighties, early nineties kind of like new age you know youth movement, I guess, which was very liberal. Yeah, it's like where did this come from? It's like is there a point in people's lives where they're just like, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm becoming a uh, Republican. When they get rich, probably. I guess. I've seen that in my own life. You know, friends that just like, not necessarily when they get money. Sometimes when they get money, but sometimes also if they like start dating somebody who's super conservative, they Mm. just kind of adopt that mindset. It's it's sad. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, leprechaun. (laughs) Anyway, here's Wonderwall. So I can, I'm going to tell you guys something right now that I can guarantee you was not on your horror bingo card this year. Uh, someone that you may be familiar with, Cher, <laughs> of Cher. Cher Bono. Cher Bono. <laughs> Was her name ever actually Bono? I, uh, no. Like, I don't, honestly, I don't, I think she's, I think she's Italian, so I think her actual last name is something Italian. But honestly. Sherilyn Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian, that's. That's like uh, Slavic of some sort, I think. Doesn't matter. Um, or, you know, like uh, Eastern European, I guess would be. Armenian. Armenian. Which, yeah, share. I'm pretty sure it is Armenian. Who, wait, okay, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we probably should have known that. Wait, why don't. Sarkeesian is an Armenian last name. Okay, yeah. And and Cher is Armenian. Did you already know that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know oh. that. Oh. I thought she was Italian. No. Okay, well, there you go. Armenian. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Cher and her son, Chaz, have ventured into the horror realm uh, with L- Little Bites, which is a new horror movie uh, and uh, that they are producing. Um. Spider One of Allegoria and Barry the Bride will direct. Never heard of either one. Spider <clears> One <throat> sounds like the guitar player for Marilyn Manson or something. <laughs> yeah. But just like, why? I don't understand why directors or producers use like these stage names. Remember like McGee? Oh. Spider One is the lead singer of Power Man Five Thousand. Oh, okay. You know, I knew that name sounded so familiar, <laughs> and I couldn't think why. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. And he's Rob Zombie's little brother. That I was aware of. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, okay, well, but just like unless unless you are just trying to c- carry things on, like it's like, hey, I you know I'm the singer of Paramount Five Thousand, and I'm also a director. Like, are you? I feel like it, me, I would want to keep those worlds separate, and so like maybe as a as a musician, I'd use a stage name, and as a director, producer, whatever, I would use you, my real name. It would be Michael David Cummings. Sure, yeah. That's, that's his real name. Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> anyway. But that's just me. I mean, yeah, but no, it makes so much more sense now <laughs> that hearing Spider One will direct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, it will star uh, Heather Langenkamp, of course, of Nightmare on Elm Street fame, Babs Crampton from. <laughs> From uh, you know, from beyond, from beyond, Reanimator, uh, and Jacob's s- wife. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> She's been in so many movies lately; it's hard to keep up. Yeah. Uh, Kursi, Kursi. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. It's K R S Y. You need a vowel. And this is not one of those situations where I was like, well, sometimes Y is a vowel. It's not a vowel. But it's at the end, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kersey Fox of Allegoria and Bury the Bride. Again, I've never heard of either of those movies. I, I believe that Chaz Bono previously produced Bury the Bride. Okay. So th- this is not his first foray into horror. Bury the boy. Bury the boy. <laughs> And Bonnie Aarons, who I believe played the nun in The Nun, uh, Wall Star. Little Bites follows Mindy. Play- little, little Spider Bites. Little Spider One Bites. Spider, <laughs> spider. <laughs> He's a spider. <laughs> He's a spider. And they bite people, and they're little, so it's Little Bites. Uh, little Little Bites. Follows Mindy, played by Kirsty Fox. Kirsty. Uh, a young widow and a mother who tries to protect her daughter, Alice, uh, from a flesh-eating monster named Agyar. Uh, Mindy has been secretly sacrificing her own life by allowing the creature to feast on her body as she keeps Alice hidden away at her grandmother's house. Sounds familiar. I don't know why. Very like reading that, it's it's not even similar in any way. But for some reason, reading that makes me think of Veronica. Did you ever watch that? We did it on the show. Did we? Okay, I couldn't remember if we actually did it on the show or not. If I just watched it recreationally, it was fucking terrible. It was so bad. But the one with the the stripper, whoever she was, with the spider guy. Maybe because oh, yeah. we're talking about spiders. That's spiders. Yeah. Put it in my head. <laughs> little little spider bites. <laughs> The movie's so fucking bad. That's funny because I was thinking of uh, the Halloween episode of Community where they were telling all the ghost stories and uh-huh. Annie told the one about where Jeff was a vampire and he was just like feasting on Britta. Oh. <laughs> and she was just like, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That show is so good. Can't wait for the movie. Yeah, apparently like... Uh, um, uh, Winger, I can't think of his real name. Um, Joel McHale, thank you. Said that they were like about to start filming before the writer strike. Of course, 
there's a lot of movies that seem like they were like, oh, you know, we're just a few weeks away from starting. And it's like, oh, well, now we can't. Yep. <laughs> Except for apparently Deadpool. There's, we're we're going to go ahead and do that anyway. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yikes. And because of the writer's strike, apparently something contractually, uh, with the script written already, Ryan Reynolds is legally not allowed to ad-lib. He has to follow the script. What? Which sounds like a big deal, but once the, s- the strike's settled, he'll probably just go back and, you know, add some quips. Yeah. Um, but Because you can't see his mouth, so he can just say whatever he wants. Yeah. But yeah, he apparently has to follow the the, the script to the, to the letter, which is... That's weird. Yeah. Um, it just seems like a weird contractual thing. I think it's a whole a whole contractual thing with the with the WGA. Makes sense. Um, but anyway, I wish that would end. I don't remember how the how long the, the 2015 one lasted, but this feels like it's lasting forever. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't seem like there's been any progress. No, yeah, was, you know, with, with, with strikes, like I mean, not necessarily in the entertainment industry, but other strikes, you know, you see some movement. Like some wiggle room in one direction or the other. Right. This one seems like it's just been at a standstill for what a month now. Yeah. I yeah. I really hope it ends because the whole entertainment industry struck is going to suffer mm-hmm. for years. You know? Yeah, as we saw last time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pre- predominantly on TV. Um, I mean, this is before a lot of people were streaming everything. People were still watching a lot of network TV. You know, live TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, now, yeah, everything's streaming. So it's like, yeah, you can go back and watch old stuff, but you're not going to get that new stuff coming in like right. you're used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, leave it to Disney to fucking defy that though. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I'm really surprised that Ryan Reynolds was willing to do it though. It, yeah. It, but anyway, uh, so yeah, there's, there's that, sh- uh, share in, and Chaz, Chazzy boy, that's that's what they call him. I don't, do they? <laughs> Probably. I would. You wouldn't call him Chaster. <laughs> Chaster. <laughs> you know, I wish I could uh, turn back time and uh, find a way to not make that joke. <laughs> or this one. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, wrapping up horror business with some video game news. Hey, uh, revealed during Summer Game Fest, which, by the way, featured Nicolas Cage giving more details on his Dead by Daylight character. <laughs> so awesome! Which, by the way, is just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, he's not like playing a character. Nope. Not yeah. You know, not not like a new character. Not like some like badass killer or whatever, or you know, you know, badass survivalist. Or like a previous character who's played in a different movie. He's just Nick Cage. He's just Nick Cage. <laughs> Wearing a fucking smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But also uh, revealed during Summer Game Fest was John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. It's all about not wearing underwear and getting some funk in your junk. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it is not. It is a cooperative first-person shooter game powered. I feel like there's probably supposed to be more words there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Whoever copied and pasted this did a shitty job. Um, A science experiment to extract power from Earth's core goes horribly wrong, waking the so-called sludge god, an entity capable of transforming people into zombies. This is all over the place. (laughs) Uh, Players will be able to play solo or cooperatively, choosing from a variety of deadly equipment, such as grenades, katanas, and regular weapons. What is a regular weapon? Like a sharpened stick? I mean, I guess in a first-person shooter, you might expect some guns. Yeah. So maybe those are the regular weapons. How is a katana not a regular weapon, then? I don't know. I feel like... Katanas are probably less accessible than guns. Sure. This is America. America, (laughs) (laughs) If you went to like Japan, maybe there are katanas all over the place. Sure. I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, And special abilities to create the perfect loadout against the undead nightmare. (sighs) Fucking loadouts. What is a loadout? Uh, Basically how you stock and supply yourself. Like having different options of doing it. Just... Makes game like a lot of people think it's fun and you know, make the makes the game more customizable. Uh, I think it's kind of a pain in the ass because <laughs> you like have to figure out all these different combinations of like what's going to give you a better boost against this enemy and what's going to give you a better boost against this enemy. And you're constantly changing things around. It's like I just want to play the game, man. Yeah, it'd be better if it was only uh, aesthetic. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I prefer. Uh, but like, like we started introducing that kind of shit in like Assassin's Creed, you know, game, I love that, those games, but they started do, introducing loadouts in that and fucking, um, like I'm playing Gotham Knights, the new Batman game. Well, Batman is barely in it, but anyway, um, and there's a bunch of loadout stuff in there and that is actually a lot simpler than a lot of loadout systems, but yeah, it's just a pain. <laughs> I like in Ubisoft games where you can they always have, you know, different customizable costumes and there's always just a couple of just super random ones. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, sure. My red dead redemption character will have a giant round smiley face for a head. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Oh, there's dead. There's a dead mouse mask. Yeah, sure. Why not? That makes sense in the old West. (laughs) Uh, let's see. My favorite is when they actually include that kind of stuff in like the cutscenes. Yeah. Because a lot of games, they'll just like cut back to like the default costume or whatever. And then when you get back to the gameplay, then all those customizations come back. But when they actually include that stuff in the cutscenes, it's fucking hilarious. It's like whenever I play like sports games or something, I always create myself. Mm-hmm. And I always try and create myself, you know, maybe a more perfect version of myself. Well, but, sure. Yeah. Um, but then like, you know, I play with other people online and they just have like this, you know, seven foot six... <laughs> Asian guy with a green afro or something. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you do you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Carpenter says, it's exciting to be collaborating on a new video game with Focus and Sabre. Uh, look, I really... <laughs> it's Sabre. Uh, look, I really like shooting zombies. They keep telling me that they're called the infected. Please. They're ghouls, dude. They blow up real good, and there are a ton of them. People are going to love this game. Who's they? The people who made the game? Because I'm going to go with them. Probably, yeah. Sorry, John. 
Listen to the woman, John. <laughs> but I mean, in his defense, a lot of games where they call him the infected, they're just zombies. Yeah. Or like um, Back for Blood, where they're the ridden. Right. They're zombies. It's like, I, I don't know why they do that. It's like, are you. Because they're not undead, I guess. But what does it matter? It doesn't. It's like, I mean, real zombies, like voodoo zombies, they're not dead. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just like, are you trying to like come up with a name that you can copyright or something? <laughs> I think that's what it was for the ridden, but like the infected, I don't think that's copyrightable. That's I wouldn't think so. Too common speech. Yeah. Well, uh, this game is going to come out in 2024, but if you want to get your hands early uh, on it, get your hands on it early. <laughs> um, uh, there is a closed beta test that you can sign up for by going to beta dot toxic dash commando dot com dot com and you can you can be a beta tester yep yep you can be a master beta <laughs> tester I mean this just sounds like left for dead pretty much yeah I but, but I assume there's at the end you got to fight the sledge god maybe but I feel like you have to do that in a lot of zombie games that sound exactly like this. <laughs> and it kind of sounds like John Carpenter had very little to do with it. They just kind of put his name on it. <laughs> it sounds like he came up with an idea and they were like, okay, sure. Sit down, old man. We got it from here. <laughs> He's like, what if there's a sludge god? And they're like, okay, yeah, make it zombies and just make a sludge god, whatever. <laughs> do the fucking sludge god. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just, just do it. <laughs> just make a sludge god, and so then we can put his name on it, and people will buy it. I don't know. Because <laughs> people will. People will people buy. will buy it because it has because it says John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Exactly. Because people are fucking sheep. Which sounds like a combination of Toxic Avenger and Commando. <laughs> Remember when Halloween came out, like the new Halloween came out, and everybody's like, oh my God, John Carpenter is coming back. He's going to do the music. He's going to be a you know, producer, whatever. He's going to have like, you know, his creative input in one way or another. Like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And people were like, man, these movies kind of suck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, welcome to the fucking real world. I remember when everyone was like, oh, John Carpenter's coming back to do the score. And I'm like, it's like three songs. And it's the same three songs from oh. 1979. <laughs> Yeah, also, like, John Carpenter's music reminds me of fucking Ross's sounds from Friends. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get the fucking whole synth shit. Like, like the whole, the Halloween theme is the most generic shit, and yeah. like, he admits it. He, he knows that it's simple and basic. Uh, and I just, I don't, people that lose their shit over John Carpenter music, I don't get it. More power to you. It's I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, get that money, John. Sure. Yeah. If you can fucking sit on a stage and and go dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> or like just like press buttons and go. That's that's the thing with people who go to DJ shows and DJs are just like. Yeah. They just sit there and dance and they're just like. Drop the beat. <laughs> I'm just like, you You paid money to watch a guy push buttons. Right. What is this? You could have like just bought the album or something. And yeah, and sat home and pushed the buttons yourself. <laughs> exactly. It's like, play. Mm. Pause. Oh yeah, drop the beat. Yeah, play. 
sure, there wouldn't be a bunch of half-naked girls on E walking around. Well, but. sure. <laughs> but do you really want to be touching that many people? She loved E <laughs> and hated water. <laughs> <laughs> she seemed cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for our business. Uh, next up, we've got a... Sp- we got a special occasion for you guys. Yeah. Kind of, you know, on the subject of John Carpenter, some couple movies inspired by Halloween. Heavily inspired, I'd say. So heavy. <laughs> so heavy. Tune it to age. Uh, to the films. All right, everybody. So, like we said, we're g- going to be talking about two movies. Now, stick with me here. We're we talking about the third o- third Saturday in October. Uh, we're talking about part one and part five. <laughs> we're going to talk about part five first. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, before we get into the movies, there there is a entire fictional backstory to these films, okay. uh, which you can check out at the official third Saturday in October fan site, which, of course, is located at angelfire.com <laughs> slash AL3 slash Haddonfield Horrors. How <laughs> is Angel Fire still around? And this site is every bit. an angel fire site like it is copy paste huge fonts obnoxious background yeah so uh both these movies came out i think last month but the fictional backstory is that the first one was released in 1980 um as a quick cash in on john carpenter's halloween uh, series cr- producer Frank Crafts, an Alabama native, believed he had a great idea for a horror film with Southern roots. Basically, what if Halloween were set in the South? And instead of a traditional holiday, it centered around a Southern institution, college football. The result culminated in a charming small town slasher film revolving around a group of friends watching an annual football match between the Alabama Mobile Seahawks and the Tennessee A&M Commonwealth. Uh, the real Third Saturday in October rivalry, I believe, is Alabama and Tennessee. Yeah, University of Alabama. Roll Tide. And uh, University of Tennessee. Um, unfortunately for them, an unstoppable killer named Jackariah Harding shows up to murder them one by one. So part two was released in 1983. In the fall of 1982, series producer Frank Crafts reunited much of the original third Saturday in October production team to deliver part two for an October 1983 release. The story focused on the Cuddy family, devout Christians living in a rural farmhouse. The undead killer, Jack Ryle Harding, returns and begins dispatching victims, drawing closer and closer to the Cuddy home. But when he arrives at the home, he discovers the Cuddy family are up against the sinister force that is just as dangerous as he is. That sounds interesting, actually. Right? <laughs> I kind of want to watch that. Uh, In general, audiences remember the film for its extensive final fight scene, which in many ways left moviegoers cheering for Harding. Diehard Third Saturday fans believe it sticks out like a sore thumb when it put up against the typical 80s slasher fare, and particularly when compared to other entries from its own franchise. 
Um, blah, 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 blah. Part two was the first film that introduced the story within a story angle, this time by way of a true crime novel written about the part events of part one titled It Happened on the Third Saturday in October. There's, n- as far as I can see, there's nothing explaining why these movies don't exist. <laughs> right. Um, part three was, came out in 1985. Uh, apparently, um, the meager box office success of part two was enough to put a sequel into production in 84. Uh, some of the bigger set pieces within the franchise, most of the action takes place in dorm rooms, locker rooms, or hospitals. Um, part three came out or part four, sorry, released in 1987. Widely regarded to be the worst entry in the franchise. <laughs> Panned by critics and on audiences alike for its excessive use of violence and nudity. What? I want to see that one. Yeah, where's this one? <laughs> that sounds like it's probably the best one. Uh, anchored by a final girl who breaks all the rules of the label. Most of the action is centered around a cheerleader camp full of characters more fit for a prison. Chock full of on-the-nose commentary about nudity in horror films, an examination of character tropes and one of the most outlandish portrayals of Harding one could imagine along with the weirdest mask of the franchise. But he wears the same mask. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so that's um, probably a comment on, uh, part, uh, Halloween part five. Hmm. So in between part four and part five, there was the third Saturday on October off the bone. Uh, this was going to be a re like a reboot. Um, longtime series producer Ian Cunningham yeah, took over the franchise after part four and against the wishes of his partners decided that the franchise needed to completely abandon Harding and move on to new territory after the disastrous response to Harding's cheerleader rampage. Cunningham, le- Cunningham leaned on the southern roots of the story while conjuring up a new way to generate scares and bloodshed, small town politics. The growing contingent of fans insists this is the real part five, and Cunningham has been all too happy to fan the flames, much to the chagrin of Burleson and Crafts. <laughs> then there's part five, which, as Tony said, we're going to discuss first. <laughs> Stick with us. Part five saw the return of the original producers and director uh, after the trio endured multiple fallings out from 1987 through the early 90s. This was released in 1995. Uh, Burleson, Crafts, and Cunningham were on the same page with the plan to relaunch Harding as a slasher icon, and they agreed that Part 5 should be a complete departure from Harding's last outing. The team embraced humor and leaned into the low budget with an eye on appealing to a younger, more mainstream audience. The film was conceptualized as a return to theaters for the franchise, but reality saw the film drop directly to video in the summer of 1995. Despite a rocky initial release, diehard fans' interest soon had the team forging ahead with ideas for a final installment. Part six, released in 2000, <laughs> ultimately produced as an H2O cash in part six wasn't released until summer 2000 and suffered the fate of being a few films too late to cash in on the post scream slasher resurgence. However, the late 90s slasher influences all over part six, starting with it being starting with it being devised as a 20 years later reunion film. The film also digs into meta commentary and allows series veteran Darius Willis to return with his most memorable portrayal of Ricky Dean. He returns to protect part five survivor PJ Miller, who is now 14 and trying to put her life together after the attack in part five. This is stuff we'll all go over when we talk about part five. Um, But yeah, uh, 
Ironically enough, became a fan favorite on home video while introducing the third Saturday series to new audience just in time for the franchise to virtually vanish from the face of the earth. That's the only reference to these films not existing. Right. Where they went, I don't know. But the only ones that survived were apparently part one and part five. And according to writer-director Jay Burleson, part five is meant to be watched first. So... Here's uh, the third October in, or third Saturday in October, part five. My mom said you should take me to Catfish Cabin, and I deserve it because I've been getting good grades. It's 1994 in the town of Hackleburg, Alabama. Hey, Sheriff, I'm Mister. And all eyes are on the big college football game. PJ, we're going next door to watch the game. Can I come? No, it's a grown-up party. Well, you're just watching football. Any idiot can do that. But a group of friends are about to learn. College football isn't the only killer game in town. Come on, one one baby. We got us an intruder in here. You got some big balls on you. Well, I got some big ones, too. It's our lucky day. I tried to warn you. Now, what you should have done was act like a gravy train on biscuit wheels and rolled your ass on out of here. This year. What the hell did you guys do? Catfish Kevin. Catfish Kevin. The seventh year in the row since Jack Harden went on murder spree. It's true. He's the boogeyman of Packleburg. He's killed at least 50 people. And he only comes out on the third Saturday in October. The world could end. You know that's today, right? Where does he do the rest of the time? If you only see one more movie, ah! Ah! might as well be this one. <laughs> you want to show your titties? Hey, nice. Thanks for the catfish. You got it. Plenty more catfish dinners to come. Saturday in October, part five. You're handling this really well for a little girl. Yeah, I can do a conflict. All right, so third October in God damn it, third Saturday in October, part five. Uh, takes place in 1994 in October in uh, Mo- Mobile, Alabama. Or is it Mobile? Uh, yeah, I think so. I can't remember what. Oh, no, Hack- no, Hackleburg. Hackleburg. Um, oh, sorry. I was reading something in here. I, I thought I, I misread something here that, that referenced WNUF Halloween special. And I thought maybe this was somebody in that was in this was re- involved with that, but it's just a comment on whoever wrote this anyway so uh <laughs> why this one is supposed to come first i don't know yeah i thought the same thing when i was watching part one this morning um because we have no point of reference i mean there, there's kind of like a there, there's a narrative uh from a character from the first movie who's not in this aside from narration, but basically going over the story of Jack 
um, Harding, I had to rewind because um, the, the the guy who's narrating this, he's got a very southern drawl to his voice, um, and I had to rewind it three, four times, and then put the subtitles on to tell what this guy's name was. Because <laughs> every time he said Jack Harding, I like I I heard Jack, and I could not make out the last name. <laughs> anyway. So Jack Harding, uh, we find out, is a serial killer that was on death row back in the 70s. He was put to death, but survived. And like all other slashers of that era were just kind of a blight. You know, the, he kept coming back every, you know, not every, but you know, he, he'd always come back on the 3rd October. Th- Jesus third Christ, Saturday in October. Throughout the years, and just you know, go on a rampage and start killing people. Like Taylor mentioned, the third Saturday in October is—it's a real life rivalry between Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, in this, it's uh, still Alabama and Tennessee, but not—you know—not the not University of right yeah. Alabama Mobile Seahawks, War Damn Seahawk, and Texas A and M Commonwealth, right. Neither of those schools exist. Right. Those are both <laughs> fake schools. Probably because they would get sued if they used University of uh, Alabama sure. and University of Tennessee. Um, let's see. So, yeah, we get those, you know, like I said, it's the backstory of, of Jack Harding, a uh, terrible guy. And we see a series of deaths and killings that presume comes from throughout the series, but actually, you know, I'm going to get into it with the, with the next movie, but it, they seem to all be from the first movie. I think there was a couple that were just fabricated. Really? Yeah. I think that, like they were supposed to be from previous movies, but they obviously, since those movies don't exist. Then... Right. Um, <laughs> Why? You know, I think I'm going to need you to kind of get me started here. I'm trying to, ref- I can't remember what the first scene is. <laughs> There's a cold open where he kills this, this couple, but I, I'm also having a hard time remembering it. Well, so sh- it doesn't really matter. It's just a cold open. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we, we see, um, so there's, there's a, a, a young, a young girl, uh, named PJ. Um, who, which has got to be an homage to PJ souls, right? It's gotta be. Um, she lives with her, I presume her, I mean, at least her mom. I don't know if this guy's her dad or stepdad or mom's boyfriend or something. Oh, it was the, the people in the house and the guy was mad that his wife kept dancing with Johnny fucking Davis. <laughs> right. This is so weird. But yeah, he just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Uh, there's no real, like real, like lead up to his, you know, resurrection let's call it um because we have to presume that he's very much like you know michael myers or jason Voorhees, where he dies at the end of the previous film and right miraculously comes back at the end you know either at the end or at the beginning of the next one uh but yeah he just kind of pops up out of nowhere <laughs> these two bumpkins just yelling at each other um be, yeah be, this guy's Sees his girl dancing with some guy at a, at a bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she's like, oh, it didn't mean anything. And, you know, that kind of whole st- that stuff. And 
Um, and that's when Jack comes into their house, starts playing a record, and pours himself a drink. It was a very peculiar thing <laughs> for a, a, a common slasher to do. Um, he The guy comes downstairs because he hears the music, and we don't actually see what happens to him. We just see him, like, he goes to the record player, sees that it's playing music, and then he turns around and sees Jack behind him. Uh, and then we go back to the girl upstairs. She comes down looking for her boyfriend. Husband. Husband. And sees him on the floor, you know, bleeding. Something's happened to him, but it's not, it's unclear what. Aren't his guts hanging out? It kind of looked like it, but it was was kind of dark, so it was hard to tell. He's also convinced that this, because Jack is wearing a mask, which we find out in the first one how he gets the mask, but, um... He he wears this like, almost like a. Uh, it's like a sugar skull type thing. Yeah, but it's like um, what are those like vacuum form? Is it ben Lee is that? Oh, um, well, I'm totally spacing. But you know, I'm talking about like the, that type of stuff. Yeah, like just like the vacuum form masks. It's it, but it's like a skeleton. Like Tony said, kind of. It almost looks like a sugar skull. Um, and so this guy is convinced that it was the guy who was dancing with his wife. Right. It's like, I know who's under that mask. It's Johnny fucking Davis. <laughs> uh, and uh, he comes walking up behind them. And he says, oh, well, there he is right there. And it's like, not panicking at all. That this, you know, Whoever he may be, the guy who has just attacked him. Yeah, he's still just convinced that it's this guy. And he's just like yelling at his wife about it. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Oh, so okay, so he she turns around, sees him, and you know, she's getting ready to scream and he stabs her like right in the top of the head. Yeah. And that's when uh, I think this guy realizes that it's not Johnny fucking Lee or what, what was his name? I think it was Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Um or maybe he doesn't realize it quite yet, but he kind of gets himself propped up. Jack sits down on the couch next to him. <laughs> And that's when we hear a phone call come in from Johnny Davis. Yep. Uh, saying, hey, look, I realized that it was inappropriate for me to be dancing with your lady. I apologize. I hope you don't hold anything against it. Hold anything against me. Um, and. Uh, oh, Johnny Stevens. Johnny Stevens. Okay. And so, yeah, that's when this guy's really coming to terms with the fact that this is not Johnny Stevens. And that he's in big trouble. And I don't think we actually see what happens to him, do we? I'm, I'm, I can't uh, remember. I don't think so. The problem with this, guys, is that there are no real, like, detailed synopses. Right. No, yeah, you just see... I'm, I'm like, scrolling through the movie here. Um, oh, okay. You, you just see Jack walk out of the house. Got it. Um... So yeah, and like Jack is still like in his suit from when he was electrocuted, mm-hmm. which was weird. Because, to my knowledge, when when in you know, in the few states that still use the electric chair, I'm pretty sure they're still wearing like jumpsuits. Yeah, whatever prison prison attire. Yeah, they don't get to dress up, right? <laughs> and the, maybe well, it's different in the '70s. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Um. And okay, so that that's when we go to um. I don't know if a name is actually given. 
like a family name. But anyway, so yeah, this is when we are introduced to PJ, a girl probably 12? Yeah, give or take. Um, she's at home with her, her mom and, like I said, some male figure. Don't know exactly what relation it is. Maybe just presume father. Um, they're all getting ready for, uh, you know, the third Saturday in October, you know, get ready for the big game. And, uh, that that's when, uh, Maggie, the babysitter comes over, um, to pick her up and there she's going to be taking her for the night. Cause the parents are going to the game. So I just want to say this, this actress who plays Maggie, her name is Kansas bowling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which like I saw that in the credits, I was like, "Is that a is that a place? <laughs> is that a location?" It's uh, her parents named her after where she was conceived, <laughs> a bowling alley in Kansas. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> because her her bowling is not her family name. It's they just named her bowling, like Joe Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, keep losing my train of thought. So Maggie picks up the girl and they go, um, to Maggie's house. Um, and we find out that, that Maggie's plan is for, to put this girl to bed and then go across the street to some dude's house, (laughs) Peter. Um, and, uh, and watch the, watch game. the game, which seems so odd to me. Like I would be pissed if the babysitter just left the kid asleep. Oh yeah. But since you probably wouldn't lock the fucking door. <laughs> well, we don't lock our doors around here. Um, we, you, we do see PJ's parents get off though. Yes. Yeah. Jack comes into the house shortly after the PJ leaves. And, um, and he's not, he's hard to, hard to miss because he's driving a big fucking hearse around. Right. And I, I think he had, did he have the horse like already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was from the night he died he just stole the hearse because they went to bury him and he, well, this is part one, but skipping ahead a little bit, like they, yeah. they, they go to bury him and he kills all the undertakers and steals the hearse. Yeah. But he's driving around in that hearse, but then in the end, end of the movie, he's driving a different car. That's true. I didn't think of that. But, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to tell between, like, were these, like, oversights intentional? Like, to... to uh, Yeah, like, maybe in part two or three, he gets the hearse back. Like, yeah, or it's like, you know, were these oversights, like, how you'd see an oversight, like, an incontinuity in a real, you know, sequel. Right. Or were these just, they weren't paying attention. When they made the movie, we don't know. And that, there's so much of that in 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 these movies, uh, not just like continuity errors, but like you know, like schlocky acting. It's like, is this on purpose or there was definitely some that was on purpose. I'm fairly sure. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, this this was my big issue with this scene in particular is, um, PJ's dad gets depacketated, and it's like a digital slash across his throat yeah and i'm like this movie's supposed to be from 
what 94 you said well you, you said it was released in, supposed to have been released in the summer of 95 i believe that in the movie it's 94 right so. and so like those effects didn't exist then and if they did they weren't even that good yeah and so like and and the most frustrating part is this is the only one in the whole movie the rest of the movie is all practical mm-hmm. so i'm like why would you not do this one practical yeah yeah, I mean, you're talking about something in 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 the uh, the first movie uh, using digital squibs, mm-hmm. which was just unheard of in the seventies. In the seventies, yeah. Um, but I mean, like <laughs> squibs in the seventies were very dangerous, <laughs> so maybe they just didn't want to deal with that. Well, I mean, like Halloween has no blood. Sure. So they could have just gone that route and just, you know. It kind of did at certain in both of these movies, really. It just kind of left things ambiguous. I mean, not necessarily that there was no blood. Yeah. Just... Anyway, so Maggie puts. Well, she... let's see. They go to rent a movie, and we're introduced to Maggie's friend Holcomb, who who works at the video store, which made me miss video stores all over again. <laughs> Every time I see something that takes place a bit at a video store, you know. A movie that takes place in the '90s or the '80s or something. I'm just like, man, God, I miss that. I miss the feeling of going to a video store and just like kind of perusing until I find something that reaches out to me, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I keep thinking to myself, it's like, man, what if I just like opened a video store, just just a small one? You'd be out of business in a week's time. Well, sure. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if there's enough nostalgia to drive that. If there was, there would still be at least a blockbuster somewhere. Like, well, there is. There's, there's exactly one blockbuster. Oh, that one closed down. I thought in Bend. I thought so. Mm, fairly certain it's still open. No. Oh. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's like Scarecrow Video up in Seattle. It's still yeah, that's true. Going strong. I mean, honestly, I think if there was still a video store around here, I would probably go to one. The, the 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 issue I think is or the the hard part about it is providing something that you you can't get on streaming, and not everybody's into that. Like I know you're you're very much into digital media rather than physical media. Yeah. Whereas I am much more physical media. I, like I have like having something to hold on to, you know, um, or you know something tangible. But anyway, so um. They come back and uh, see Maggie tries to put her to bed and she says, "I want to, you know, want to go to the the, the grown up party. party with you." And she's, um, she's like, "All right," but you know, you just have to behave yourself and you know, don't. I think she said, "Don't tell your parents." Or, yeah. Um, so they go over the street, uh, across the street, and um, there's a group of. Dgens, yeah, yeah, probably, probably half a dozen, twenty somethings. Um, and they're all just kind of partying, and I mean, I don't. It's it's hard to figure well, out where the line is, like what I can talk about, what I can't, because, like, not. So this movie takes place in the nineties, which would fall into our <laughs> spoiler territory, but it's. A new movie, 
but it's also a sequel of a movie that we're going to be talking about later. Yeah. So it's like, how much can I talk about here? <laughs> I think it'll be all right. So, so what, I want to talk about these people, though, because there's Peter, who's, is it his house or is it like his, a, a family member's house? His parents' house and they're out of town or something. It sounded like it was his grandma's house. Grandma, okay. His um, Then there's, uh, who's, who's the other guy? Ronnie. Is that right? Well, which one? The one with the, uh, not the one in the wheelchair. The other one. Um, George. George? Pretty sure. Okay. And then Lester, who's this guy in a wheelchair. And Peter is just merciless <laughs> to Lester. And he's not super nice to George either. No, he's just kind of an asshole to everyone. And so I'm just like, why are these people his friends? Yeah. There are people like this in a lot of movies. I mean, this is a pretty typical character character archetype. And they've always got this group of friends that just kind of tolerates them or, you know, flocks to them even. I was like, why? Yeah. Like, you so rarely even see that in real life. I mean, you know, we, we went to high school. Sure, there are assholes like like that, but their friends were also assholes. Yeah. You didn't have just like this eclectic group of people that just flocked to him. And the people that they were mean to didn't like hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah, he just like merciless, mercilessly bullies Lester and makes fun of him, you know, for being in a wheelchair and it's just awful. And then there's Angela and Sharon, and Angela wants Peter's dick. And he's saying he's going to bang her and, was it Holcomb? He's yeah. He's going to bang them both that night. Yeah. And then there's Neil, the random middle-aged man <laughs> who shows up in a referee shirt and tiny shorts. Because he thought that the football viewing party was a costume, was a costume party. party. And he keeps calling 15-yard penalties on everyone. Right. For literally anything. He's got a whistle and he keeps blowing the whistle and he's just like 15 yard penalty for being a dick. <laughs> um, and there's never real explanation of why Neil is there. <laughs> no. Well, he said he's, he's Lester's physical therapist and he invited him That's and Peter's so, so put weird. Though. It's so weird. <laughs> why, why would you do that? And why would you go if yeah. you're Neil? <laughs> well, Neil was clearly an odd person. He was, a, he was an odd duck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would possess Lester to in, invite this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're watching this game and, uh, Jack shows up and just starts killing them off one by one. And it's a little ridiculous because... <laughs> It seems like most of them just kind of die in this one room because they just, it's like, well, where did so-and-so go? Better go check. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't want to get into that and start giving stuff away, but um, yeah. And yeah, we've, we've got, uh, this, is, this was very Halloween 5, 6-ish where you've got kind of like the little girl. And then you've got also like this 
final girl character in, in, in Maggie. Um, but everyone else is kind of fair game. Yeah. And it's also like just the, the group of kids or youths all together kind of reminded me of, uh, is it Friday three with, um, Crispin Glover? That is four. Four. So yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Just the dynamic of all the kids in the house together. And there's some awkward dancing, but it's not Crispin Glover awkward. (laughs) I wish. That would have been a good homage. Just one guy just randomly. (laughs) Like Lester dances with PJ, which is weird. She's because she's always dancing. She's dancing throughout like the whole movie. Uh, something I want to mention is, and I don't know if you'll bring this up when you're when you're talking about the other, the other one, but there's this one point where this PJ is looking at this picture of a of a cat, and she's like talking to the cat and wants to pet the cat, and she's like, "You want me to scratch your chin?" And she's like, oh, "Meow, meow, meow, meow," and like this cat is named Miss Glamour Puss. Don't know what the story is, but she's talking to the cat. Well, they mentioned Miss Glamour Puss in the first one, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a backstory to it. But at this point, you don't know what the fuck is going on. No. Just a girl meowing at a cat picture. Right. And then she's meowing later. And like she's at one point, uh, she's laying on the floor behind the couch, just going meow, meow, meow. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah, there's a weird recurring cat theme in, in both these movies. I don't understand. I don't it. really know why. Um anyway. Uh bu- 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 bu. Is there any, should I talk about more? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe we would have been better off just kind of like combining these into one large review. You know, review. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. I mean, like you were saying, it's very kind of just like one by one, they're getting picked off. And yeah, it's always like for whatever reason, somebody has to stray from the group. And then. Yeah. It's like if you ever played a video game, um, say something like, say like Goldeneye, you know, like a first person shooter game. Where you know you like you, Toxic Commando, sure. <laughs> Where you you know you you run around and you get like you f- get a bunch of guards like riled up and they start running after you and you have them run after you into this tiny room where there's one way in, one way out, and you just pick them. And off. You just pick them off as they enter in through the door. It's kind of that kind of situation, kind of yeah. Um, and uh, that's how like a, a lot of the people in this movie die. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I, ninety percent of this movie takes place in this house. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's any other important characters in this. Also, this house looks a lot like the Myers house. Yeah, it does. And actually, I'd I'd even argue that the house in the first one looks even more like the Myers house. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because this, this, these houses, like Maggie's house and Peter's house, are very rural. There's like they're like on farmland or whatever, right? Um, and uh, yeah, there. I mean, there are elements of this, and even probably even more so 
in the first one that reminded me, I mean, it kind of grabs from everything. You know, you get a little bit of Halloween or a lot of Halloween and a little bit of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And there's even some, a little bit of uh, Texas Chainsaw. Um, I mean, much less so. But there's little elements that yeah. kind of that kind of say you know say Texas Chainsaw. Um, but anyway, I, I don't I don't know that there's really much else I need to cover story wise that without giving stuff away. Am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um. So, like I said before, it's really hard to tell exactly what was intentionally like. I don't want to say bad because that sounds like mean. <laughs> uh, I guess it's schlocky. I mean, yeah, there was definitely some acting that it felt was like intentionally bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this movie feels like both these movies feel like they kind of walk the line of homage and parody. Yeah, and that's kind of what I kept hoping was going to happen was more of a parody because and i actually thought to myself like man they should make like a like an airplane naked gun style slasher movie i'm like oh wait that's a scary movie (laughs) (laughs) it's like that'd be awesome it's like oh yeah well the first scary movie was good (laughs) um but yeah, it's, it was really hard to tell, which I guess benefits this movie because you can you could just assume that it was intentional. Yeah, <laughs> um, because you know a lot of those mid '90s slasher movies were like you know, like bad acting, um, you know, poorly shot, weak stories, um, and and that's not to say that this was that through and through. But I mean, there were some elements like that where, but like again, it's hard to tell if it was intentional, right? Um, I mean, if it was intentional, kudos to to the the writer and director. Yeah, but like the, with it being such a low budget thing too, that it's like you really have to wonder if it was intentional or if it was just right. Was you know they couldn't get the best actors and the best effects and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for this to be like kind of like a you know, as far as the lore goes, be like a return to form and have it be so low budget. It's like, I mean, obviously within the constraints of the real world, this was a low budget film. Right. But you would think within that lore that they've established that they would have been, maybe would have thrown a little more money at it. Well, yeah, especially when you think of like, I mean, I know it said part six was supposed to be the H2O version, but like if... if was you, it six, part six? I thought you said it was this one. I thought it was part six. Um, or, or was it part four? I don't know. It doesn't I, matter. Anyway, like <laughs> I was just going to say like comparing it to something like H2O, which obviously had, you know, a much bigger budget than the original Halloween movies. Right. Yeah, you would think that it would be a little more polished. Yeah. Um something I'm I've always been very uh particular about not I mean it, it most people I think people would probably like think I'm being a little too hyper focused on it but is uh 
accuracy for like period pieces. Um, you know, things that take place in the nineties or in, in the case of the first movie, it takes place in the seventies, things that are not period appropriate. And so I just like, I, I dial in on those things and I, I can't let them go. <laughs> and it, like, I'd, I'd say that they did a very good job, but there were just little things that I saw where it's just like that. No, that's not quite right. Well, sometimes too, like nothing specific to either one of these movies, but just in general, sometimes, um, you know, I, someone might look at, you know, let's, let's just say, you know, like a Macintosh computer mm-hmm. and they might be, say they're making a movie and I don't know what year Macintosh computers came out. Let's just say they came out in 83. Okay. And someone is making a movie that takes place in 83 and they look and they're like, oh yes, Macintosh computers existed in 83. So we can put it in this movie. The thing is people that owned a Macintosh computer in 1983 were millionaires. Yeah. They had lots of money because they, those things cost a ton of money. Yeah. And so it's like, you just have someone like doing their homework or playing a game or something, you know, on a Macintosh computer. It's like, that's, you're technically accurate, but that person would not have that computer. Right. Yeah, and that's the things that, like, like I said, I get kind of like I like get laser focused on that kind of thing. It's like ah, that's, that's not right. That's You're not right. Pedantic. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to do that. It's just kind of how my brain works. But yeah, like I am, I don't know what it is, but I always notice like little tiny things like that in TV shows and stuff. Not so much period stuff, but like um, continuity errors. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were just watching Always Sunny yesterday. It was the the worst bar in philadelphia episode mm-hmm. and like max reading the paper and then he flips the paper to dennis and d and then it cuts and the paper is still in front of mac mm. and i like i noticed it right away uh, yeah i i've also been watching always sunny and i've, I've noticed a, a few of those mostly like way people are standing yeah it's like you know there'd be you know one scene where somebody's crossing their arms and the next scene they'll like, have their arms like on a surface in front of them mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, I mean, cause this one you were saying there was a CD player in the car, right? That's yeah. The one that which really... is not unheard of, but I think very few people had CD players like aftermarket CD players in their cars, right? especially a girl in, you know, her Mag, this is Maggie's car in her early, to mid twenties, maybe. Um, I mean, like those probably guys or not guys, but people older than her that have like you know well paying careers that probably had, and like I don't think this even this uh, CD deck would be time appropriate either. It looked like something more that came out closer to like the year two thousand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like I like I said, I I don't like that my brain does that because it's sometimes distracting. It's just it's how it goes sometimes yeah but in the like in the first movie it's so funny i'm talking about the first movie that we haven't even talked about yet but uh like let's you know just stick with technology there was a point where a girl starts listening to a walkman and i think it was an actual like sony walkman and it looked like it was probably period appropriate you know within you know give or take a few years it was 79 and we were just doing some research earlier. Like Sony Walkman came out in 1979, but like you said, not everybody, it's not something that everybody just had. Right. 
It's like, I don't know what the retail price for Sony Walkman was in 1978, or sorry, 79, but like I can tell you Sony Walkmans in like the mid nineties were still fairly expensive. <laughs> um, so it looks like the first series of Sony Walkman that came out, which came out on July 1st, 1979, which if this movie was filmed in 78, as the lore said, then it would not be period appropriate, mm. uh, but they cost $150. Yeah. And I'm going to guess that, it, and like the Sony, or this Walkman didn't look new either. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just things like that. And then like, there's a, a waitress who has, you know, tattoos up and down her arm. And I she has like a dermal piercing. I'm, I'm fairly sure that's what I was seeing. It was a dermal piercing like on her, on her wrist. It looked like it might have been a bracelet, but I can't be sure either way. I th- yeah, I thought maybe it was a bracelet, but it looked like it was staying a little too static, mm. like like staying in place a little too much. But um, and then you say you saw some like a, a man. I think you said with a nose ring. It was the assistant at. Oh no, I guess that was in the first movie. Just the f- yeah, it was in the first movie. It was the assistant at the execution had a nose ring. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like. Those are things that I, you know, I, I appreciate the uh, the the effort that people put into making things, like making period pieces, you know, set set dressing and making sure everything is period appropriate. You know, like I said, give or take with you know a few years. Mm-hmm. Not everybody analyzes it like you know maybe you and I do. Or, um, People just kind of say, oh, yeah, that's 80s stuff. Right, yeah. Or that's 90s stuff, you know. Um, but uh, stuff like things with actors, like, you know, okay, like, let's take this actress that was playing the waitress. She has tattoos, and let, let's just say for argument's sake, she has that the dermal piercing. Um, or sur- am I saying der- dermal, right? Or, or uh, surface piercing? Or yeah, either one. It's been so. It's so funny when I was in like my early twenties, I was so familiar with that stuff, a little piercing and tattoo world. You know, I was so kind of into it. Mm-hmm. And now I just I can't remember shit. <clears throat> anyway, so let's just say she had had those things for argument's sake. Give her some long sleeves. Yeah, because like I was telling you, like obviously I wasn't there. But just what I kind of know about like tattoo culture, like a lot of people didn't just walk around with sleeves of tattoos, especially women in the seventies. Like if you if you were a woman with a lot of tattoos in the seventies, you were probably a biker, or you know like a a, a biker girl. Um, I just don't think it was a very common thing for some small town waitress. To have a bunch of tattoos on her arms. Yeah. So it's just it's, it's things like that, and like the guy with the nose ring. Take your fucking nose ring out. Right. It's like both of us. Like uh, in the seventies, sure, I could see dudes with with nose rings, the hippie guys and stuff. But sure. this was like a guy who worked for a prison. Yeah. And it's 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 like us with you know, when we were in They Reach. You know that takes place in seventy nine, so same year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I've got my gauges in and you've you had gauges so your ears are still kind of like stretched out yeah yeah um 
But they filled your ears in with putty, mm -hmm. so they didn't stand out. And my the hat that I was wearing in my scenes had flaps that came down over my ears, so it wasn't an issue. But it's like, you know, in in your case, if you had earrings in, they would have probably made you take them out and then, you know, fill fill them in like with putty, like they did. Yeah, they wouldn't just let it slide because then it takes you out of the the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just those are little things. They're they're little things where it sounds like you know you're being picky, but it's like it's also it's a little thing. So just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it was. I mean, it, it's it, it was shot well. You know, f I, I'd say it was shot pretty co competently. Um, one thing that I one issue that I had with both of these movies is that the, the the look of it didn't look period appropriate again like they they made a, a pretty good attempt i think in the first movie to make it look kind of grainy like it was shot on like old, old film but I feel like there was very little attempt to make the second one, or make part five, look like it was a 90s film. So, you know, you think about watching it like on a VHS. Yeah. Um, to kind of degradate the quality, because it still looked like it was shot on high def. Right. So. But. Um, Story-wise, it. It. Uh, was fine. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of a story to it, but there there wasn't much of a story to those movies, like the Halloween movies and the Friday Thirteenth movies. Like, there really wasn't. Like, yeah, it was, you know, mainly focused on the killer killing. Mm -hmm. and that's what this one was. I th I thought this fit very well with the movies that it was, um, paying homage to. Right. I was going to say lampooning, but I don't think it was, <laughs> it wasn't fully lampooning anything. So you lampooning me, meat drapes. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It was, um, I, it seems like from what I can tell what, what they were going for in this movie, it seems like they pretty well like achieved it. I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, aside from just like the, 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 the looks of it and like making sure that things are more period, uh, correct. Um, would have probably, again, these are just small details that I'm kind of nitpicking. Yeah. But aside from that, it was pretty standard kind of like, uh, slasher fair. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, had there's been like a real series, you know, the 70s through the 90s. I don't know that this would have really stood out too much. I feel like this kind of been, would it would have been just one of the, I mean, it, honestly, like I probably see it being something like the actual, or like the the fictional lore and that it wasn't really a big deal at the time and it, then it kind of developed a cult following. That's fair, yeah. Um, like I yeah. see it being on like a level of like the burning. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where it's not that upper echelon of the Jasons and the Freddies, but it still has that cult following that, you know, people really love it. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely where I see this film 
the, these films falling in had they been real movies. Yeah. And I think the reason they stand out now is because they're kind of making a, making sort of a joke out of it. Right. You know, kind of like it's, again, it's, it's not a, a parody or, or, or a lampoon. It's just kind of tongue in cheek type stuff where it's making a joke out of these classic slasher tropes. Yes. <clears throat> But it's funny because aside from little things, mainly in this one, not so much in the first one, uh, there's not a lot of humor. Mm-hmm. It's all the only lot. A lot of it being funny is just because it's tropey. Yeah, and you just, you kind of have to look at it from like a meta perspective. So. And I like I appreciate the effort of you know making this whole fictional backstory and like g- going through the effort of making a fake fan site on fucking Angel Fire that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks like it like it hasn't been updated in in twenty years right. Um. Yeah. Uh. It, that that reminded me a lot of the early days of Blair Witch mm-hmm. when they made like a whole fake news stories. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that was a nice touch. Um, all right, some numbers. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find a kind of middle ground because it's like yeah, the story, story could have did the story itself didn't do much for me. Yeah, but I'm thinking about like the quality of the film, you know. The... Six. That's where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we go to the next movie, which is actually the first movie. <laughs> it's called The Third Saturday in October. And here's your change. Uh, no, no keep it. Keep it. What are you doing later? Just watching the game with my daddy. <laughs> These are my friends from out of state. We're staying over at my uncle Dieter's place. It's his party, carrying on and such. I was gonna invite you over to uh, watch the game with us. Yes, I could always do something with my daddy tomorrow. All right, so you have the spirit. Sure. I'm sorry, but we have some really disheartening news to tell you. Ah. He stole that hearse that they were carrying his body in, and he took off in it. Y'all seriously expect me to believe that old Jackariah Harding took a ride on the yellow mama, dusted himself off, and walked right out of his own damn grave? Damn it, Sheriff. This is the real deal. Unexplainable things happen in this house. Unexplainable things to which you will become accustomed if you stay here enough. No, come on, Deeds, hang out. It's a party. You and this town is lining up for a third Saturday in October. Solid. You want to take a little walk? There's a nice little path out back. thought I was here to watch the game. This party is a drag. Where the hell is everybody? Bye-bye, Cheryl. Bye. 
All right, so uh, the third Saturday in October, part one, you, I guess you could say. Um, right off, like, y- you think that this is going to be your backstory. You're going to get your origin story of Jack Harding, and um, you don't. Like, the movie starts off right away with, it's the night of his execution. Yeah. And there's these people outside, and they're, you know, they're not... They even say in the movie they're not protesters, but they're like, burn, baby, burn, you know, fry this motherfucker. Su- supporters. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, execution supporters. And they say that the only people who are allowed to watch the execution are there's there's only two people. And they said, you know, their names are protected for legal reasons, but they are the parents of two of the victims of Jack Harding. And so this execution takes place in like an airplane hangar. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, in a lot of movies and TV shows, you always see there's like there's an execution chamber and there's like a viewing area. Yeah, that's separated by glass. You know, um, there is no glass in this one. No, it's like I said, it's like a big airplane hangar, and uh, these two people, their names are Ricky Dean Logan and Vicky Newton. Uh, they are sitting probably six feet away from this electric chair Yeah, <laughs> in a folding chair. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't seem safe. And the electric chair itself looks comical. I don't know if this is based on like a real electric chair. It's called the yellow mama. Right. There's <laughs> just a big yellow chair that is so disarming <laughs> that like you'd never guess that it was an electric chair yeah it's just all like blocky like it doesn't look like it doesn't look well it doesn't look comfortable i mean i guess it's not supposed to be because it's an electric chair but it just it almost looks like a adirondack chair or something sure yeah (laughs) it's just bright yellow yeah but so they bring in jack and they sit him down they say you know you have been charged and, and convicted of the murder of such and such and such and such and such a people. Uh, you know, they say normally we let the person have a, their last words, but since he hasn't spoken since he was arrested, I wouldn't hold my breath. But do you have anything to say to the parents of your victims? And Jack doesn't say anything. He says, you know, just nod your head. Are you sorry for what you've done? Jack just sits perfectly stoic. So they, you know, put the hood on, get the sponge, put the sponge on his head. You sing Green Mile. my exact thoughts (laughs) the goddamn sponge is dry they strap him in pull the lever he put the mask on me boss (laughs) he his eye bursts in the middle of it bursts through the mask uh uh what's he called not an undertaker the executioner Executioner. he's like (laughs) starts gagging we're <laughs> <laughs> talking about the always sunny, especially D, her face and noises when she oh dry heaves. It's like she's got like the most realistic, like dry heave and, yeah. and puke face. It's like it's so nauseating to watch it's just her do it. So off putting. But so finally they, you know, declare him dead. And the there's these three undertakers just 
sitting in this room in their truck. <laughs> and the guy's just like, all right, round them up. And they're just like the, um, Vicky Newton is just like, you're going to bury him like right now. And they're like, yeah, do you want to like go watch him and bury him? <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> and they just like pick him up and drop him in a coffin that they just have there. <laughs> yeah. Or like, it's like, I say coffin, you might think of like a pine box. No, it's like a casket. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a nice coffin for this piece of shit. Yeah, who like, picked this? Who paid for this? Right. Just throw him in a hole. <laughs> just throw him in the trash. <laughs> it's like, this is Alabama. There's no way the taxpayers paid for this. Yeah. Like I said, it's so weird. They're, you know, these three guys are in this hearse in the room. Like they're literally parked behind Vicki Newton and Ricky Dean. <laughs> And yeah, they just throw in the back of the hearse and haul him off to the um, to the graveyard. And Ricky Dean is just like, you know, I know something's not right about that guy. He, he's not a man. He says, I shot him three times with a buckshot, and he he didn't he didn't die. So they're convinced that he's not dead, will not die. Yeah, he's just like, you know, he broke into my house and I shot him three times, and the cops try to tell me I shot him with bird shot, it's right? Like, He's like, I know damn well it was buckshot. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, sure enough, they get to the to the graveyard and they, you know, lower his coffin to the ground and he sits up real quick. And he takes out these three undertakers, apparently breaks Ricky Dean's hand. Yeah. Uh, somehow we both missed it. Somehow we both missed it. I've watched it twice now and I still don't see it happen. But so. again, there's a lot of stuff that just kind of happens off screen. Yeah. Which is kind of happens in Halloween too. That's true. But so, um, oh, I'm looking at the review. No wonder. <sighs> um. Oh, also, this was he was kept in bowling prison, which I thought was funny because I knew we had Kansas bowling in the other movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we then cut to the next day. It's October 20th, which I, I guess is the third Saturday of the month. And we see a couple of friends, John Paul, uh, Denver, Ned or Nettie Teddy, and Pam. And they have shown up to Hackleburg from out of town somewhere. And they go to this, um, what was it called? Bronco Burgers. Yeah. And, um, I guess forgot to mention before this, we we're introduced to, uh, Lou Temple from the walking dead, uh, who plays Barry Hill as well as his daughter, uh, Heather. And they were playing Yahtzee. This was the night before. Right. And so, uh, Heather works at this Bronco burger. And so John Paul and his friends show up and he's. John Paul is immediately enamored with Heather. And so he decides to ask her to come watch the game, you know, the big game at his uncle Dieter's house. Dieter? Uncle Uncle Milton Dieter. Dieter from Sprockets. Who's this like septuagenarian man with a 25-year-old girlfriend. And he is a weirdo. <laughs> he like comes out to watch the game in a cloak, like a big Dracula cloak and cape that says Mobile, um, Alabama Mobile Seahawks or something on the back. Yeah. 
And he, I think he says he's, he's count war damn Seahawk or something. Like. <laughs> well, the first time we see him, he comes walking out of a back room with you know him and his girlfriend. He's wearing nothing but tidy whities Right. And everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, we were going skinny dipping. And then he puts on a hat. Right. <laughs> like a newsy hat. Like, what's with the hat? Like, I don't want to get sunburned. It's like, I feel that, brother. <laughs> Gotta wear a hat. Gotta wear a hat. Um, yeah, so we see this big black hearse pull up to this house. You know, we see Jack kill the people in the house. These two Girl Scouts come to the house. And one of them gets scalped. By Jack. <laughs> he just like picks her up by the head. He palms her head like a basketball and just lifts her off the ground and then like rips out part of her hair as she falls down. There's no explaining this. Any like Jack and like why he is like this. There's nothing. No explanation. No. Yeah, why he's supernatural, why he is undead. Yeah. Can't die. Yeah, there's there's nothing. Yeah, and that and that other than them saying like he's not a man, he's a monster a couple times. Like, right, that's really all we get. Which is again very Halloween, Michael Myers. The shape, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, why he's so unbelievably strong? Like where he can just lift a grown man up off the air or off up off the ground with one hand. Yeah, there's no explanation for that. <laughs> like, like you know, with Jason, he you know he's obviously just got this big hulking f- you know freak strength, and then at you know. As of part six, he's undead, so he's just got this undead Frankenstein strength, you know? Mm -hmm. But Michael Myers never had that. He was always just a guy that was impossible to kill for whatever reason. For whatever reason, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how Jack Harding is, too. I mean, we know he's undead because we saw him get electrocuted. But yeah, he's just... But it's like, why is he undead? Right. (laughs) Yeah, like, why did the electrocution not kill him or whatever yeah and so maybe, yeah he's walking around with like, like horace pinker one eye <laughs> best story <laughs> he's got one eye just you know burst and all like goopy but so ricky dean and uh vicky newton who for whatever reason there's this scene where vicky newton is just like why do you always call me by my full name and ricky's just like that's just how i talk <laughs> i was like what was the sling, point of the scene sling blade <laughs> This is how I talk. <laughs> I like the way you talk. <laughs> <laughs> but so they go to this Bronco Burger too. And they, they meet up with the sheriff. <laughs> Looks like he's part of Devo. <laughs> he's wearing this gold jumpsuit. We did determine it's a jumpsuit, right? Yes. Okay. With like patches all over it. And it, like we both were like, he looks like a spaceman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, all he was missing was the fucking red hat and goggles, and he would have been fucking in Debo. Yeah. And, like, at one point, somebody says, you know, I like your... Oh, it's Denver. says, I like your uniform. And he's like, oh, thanks. I designed it myself. And I'm just like... Like I was telling you, I was, as we were watching it, I was like... The first time I saw this, I was like, is he, like, special? Yeah. And, like... The, He's not really the sheriff, and he's just like he walks in and tells people he's the sheriff, and they're like, "You sure are, buddy." Yes, Sheriff Dan or whatever, <laughs> Sheriff Doofy. 
But no, he actually is the sheriff. He also has this like little Native American statue that he carries around for whatever reason. Apparently, it's his lucky charm, I guess. Why not? But so, uh, you know, similar to part five, everybody congregates in one place because John Paul and all his friends uh, and then Heather, you know, joins them to watch this game. And, uh, you know, Jack starts picking people off. As he, as he as, does, as, as he does. Um, and yeah, I guess without starting to give stuff away, that's about where I'll leave. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say that since there is a part five that he, he, he makes it out. <laughs> I mean, in these kind of movies though, like he could very well die at the end and still, there still could have been five sequels. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what is it, is it the, is it the original version of Halloween where at the end of one, he like they the look and he gets up and he's gone or is it the beginning of part two? Both. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Part two literally starts at the exact same moment that one ends. Right. And yeah, so they, they shoot Michael Myers and he falls off the balcony mm-hmm. and they look over the balcony and they, he's not there. Okay, for some reason I'm rem- remembering a version where he's still laying there. Um, but maybe I'm just fabricating that. I, I don't know. <clears throat> um, this one's a little bit slower. Yeah, but it's definitely fitting with the era that it takes place in. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny that these were made, like, I don't know if they were made back to back or what the, you know, they came out at the exact same time. So I don't know what the, if they, maybe they were filmed at the same time yeah, or what, but um, yeah, it's, it's funny to think about like the movies, you know, especially like Halloween, this, the, the pacing is very similar. And then watching part five, the pacing is more similar to the ones that came out in the nineties. Yeah. So yeah, they nailed that aspect of it. Yeah, this this is very clearly is Jay Burleson, the writer and director of both movies. It's very clear that he is a a slasher fan. Yeah, like like a devout fan um, because you know we we recognize our own. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the meticulousness he went that he put forth into creating. Two films in the same series that were not shot in the eras that they're supposed to have taken place in, um, and have them both be so such different films because they're following styles of different eras. Yeah, and that that's very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, kudos to to him for pulling that off as well as he did, and like watching this too. Like you can, because it's so funny that the idea of this movie is that it's supposed to be a cash in on Halloween, right? And as you watch it, you can see the similarities. Mm-hmm. Like Ricky Dean and Vicky Newton are clearly playing that Doctor Loomis role, yeah. And then, um, you know, you've got. Dr. Um, Loomis slash Sheriff. Um, um, why can't I remember his name? In Halloween. Halloween 2, I should say. Sheriff Brackett. There you go. 
And then you've got uh, Heather is kind of playing Chief Bracken. I think he's Sheriff at first, and then he becomes Chief later. Okay. Heather is kind of playing that final girl, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis role. Kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, like you can see the, the similarities in what if, you know, if this was a real movie that came out in 79 as a cash in to Halloween, you can see where the, the filmmakers took inspiration, let's say. Right. And yeah, like I, I, maybe it was the house in this one, but the house looks a lot like the Myers house. Yeah. Which I mean, had to be intentional. Oh, I'm sure. I wonder like if he like sought out like, no, that house doesn't look enough like the Myers house. Like we need. Yeah. It's like, it looked a lot like it without being exactly like, right. Like it didn't have the, the, the porch, like the whole front deck mm -hmm. thing. So, I mean, there wasn't that, but also the music too is very derivative. Yeah. (laughs) But again, there were points where I was just like, Wait, is this actually like the same song? Like this sounds a lot like Halloween. Yeah. It's not like, you know, the the direct theme or anything, but like the other, you know, kind of ancillary. Incidental. Um, yeah, like the the kind of ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like both of these movies had period appropriate mm-hmm. incidental music, yeah. Um Yep. A little uh little haunting a hill house. Homage thrown in here. Yeah. In that, like I said, Barry and Heather's last name is Hill. And they have a sign on their door that says, or not, uh, in their yard that says Hill House. Right. So that's super covert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a thing that was used in a lot of horror movies. Just it being, you know, um, uh, a Poe reference. Uh a lot of horror movies, I think, used Hill House, mm. you know, throughout the years. So, just yeah, just it was probably a more typical thing, you know, back in the seventies and eighties and maybe even nineties. Yeah, to to use that as the name of some haunted place, you know, that you you don't go to. Well, we also like the, in Halloween, they always refer to it as the Myers House. Yeah. So like there's, you know, just having the surname house is, is, was probably an homage to Halloween as well. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> so this one was, I don't think as good, but I think it was still very good. Yeah. I, I think I'd probably put it pretty on par. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a huge difference. To me, um, yeah. like I said, this one is a little slower, um, doesn't have as much just kind of non, well, not nonstop killing. Cause that's part five didn't have nonstop killing either, but just, um, it was kind of just the pacing was more spread out. Mm-hmm. I think the body count is lower. I think there's much less blood too. Yeah. Um, so aside from the blood spurts from like when people get shot or, or whatever, but there's not a lot of like overt gore, very similar again to the Halloween series. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the first one, there was none. Although you did see someone get their face peeled off. It's true. <laughs> that was out of, uh, not, uh, that was, uh, 
against the grain, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Someone also gets a chainsaw to the face. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, well, kind of backtrack. Rip, zip, zip. But I mean, I think if I could turn back time, <laughs> I think there was significantly less than there was. Well, yeah, like I said, five. I think there's just a smaller body count. I mean, yeah, it was definitely. Well, I wouldn't say it's even more isolated. I think it's actually less isolated than the first one or than the fifth one. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I guess overall, probably fewer people. I think so. I mean, I don't, and the I don't end, want to go through and count everyone, but the end is like so derivative of Halloween. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess you can kind of figure out how it ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so easy to, to pinpoint this one as being like, okay, this is definitely heavily inspired by right. whole Halloween. But Whereas that, again, the, like that's when you go to the, you know, the kayfabe background, yeah. that's the idea. Yeah. Is it supposed to be a, a cheap cash in on Halloween's fame? Yeah. And it actually says, it says as much, uh. And so when I'm saying it's derivative, it's, it's not necessarily I meant as an insult. Yeah. Yeah. No, like it says as much in as you know, as we mentioned, you're supposed to watch part five first, mm-hmm. and there's like a yeah, there's like a disclaimer, a role at the beginning. Yeah, it says, you know, the it goes in explaining the the history of um of uh, the third Saturday in October series. It says you know the the first one. God, I can't remember exactly what it says about the first one, but it says this is not that one. This is actually the fourth sequel in the series. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, what I'm saying about how the first one is very inspired, you know, intentionally derivative of Halloween. Mm-hmm. This, the fifth one, I can't really, like, specify a particular series that it is akin to. Yeah, like I said, there's kind of, you know, flashes of um, Friday the 13th 4, like I said, um, and then like you said, Halloween 4. Um, so there's kind of, yeah, there's like little bits and pieces. Yeah, it's definitely more of a mishmash. But yeah, it doesn't feel like it's an, a copy of, of something else. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this one would have come out, or in the, in the kayfabe, this one would have come out the same year as the first Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and the burning. You know, those all came out in 1980. All took place in 1979. Yep. Um, so, I guess Halloween was kind of like the archetype. Like, that's that's what you built off of, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas in the 90s, there was a lot more to build on. There's There's more things to take from. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, numbers wise, like I said, I don't think it's as good, but I don't think it's a big enough gap to really, I know you don't like me doing halves, <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll just, I'll give this a six as well. Uh, yeah, just give it six. I wonder if Burleson wanted to continue this franchise how he would do it i mean honestly what he should do is make a legacy sequel 
<laughs> That'd be good. Like make a sequel to part one that retcons all the other sequels. But he could, could include legacy characters that we've never even seen That's before. That's true, yeah. Like, he just say, how oh, would we know? That, how would we know? We watched part five. We had no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> I think it, it just all works. It, like in some weird way, it just works. Yeah. Um. But no, I, this is very creative. I I feel like I've seen something like this before, where it's like, okay, you watch the sequel, or we, you watch the sequel, even though the original doesn't actually exist, or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of a, just a, a, an inside joke, sort of. Right. But um, yeah, this whole system that he's set up is very creative, and yeah, he's got plenty of meat left on the bone. You know. He can go back and make two through four or that's six. true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like he could just make those ones and be like, oh, it was discovered. Right. You know. Well, we found a lost copy in a salt mine. Right. <laughs> a broom closet in an old theater. Have you heard that story about Event Horizon? No. They found a copy of Event Horizon in a salt mine in Transylvania. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's weird. Like that's why there's no director's cut is because there's this the shit was just like lost literally all over the world. You know what? I think I've heard that before that yeah, the film was just post production was just a mess. Yeah. Um <laughs> so weird. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know why it was in a salt mine, but apparently it was like destroyed because, you know, salt. Yeah. Um, and in Transylvania of all places, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would be game to, to watch more of these. Totally. And I feel like they have the potential to get better. Cause I mean, you know, Burleson and, and his crew can, you know, like anyone, learn from their mistakes, but also, you know, find new ways to to, to be creative in the way they've been with these ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think a legacy sequel would be funny because you could make one in the modern day with this, you know, these throwback characters that we've never seen before. Right. Um, and, and like throwback references to like the cheerleading camp or something. Yeah. It's like okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um all right. Well, that's that's that guys. These are available to rent on pretty pretty much every platform, I think. Yeah, I rented them on Google. I rented on Amazon, so at least those two. At least two. those two. Um I don't know. I'd say they're more pricey. Than I was expecting, but maybe I'm just cheap. They're like seven six, bucks, six ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, go check them out. Um, anything else? That's gonna do it for us. All right. Well, that's yeah. That's the end of the show, guys. Hope you had fun. We I think kept this under three hours. Hey, but you're you know, just barely. We gotta, we gotta keep rolling. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> <can't> done yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll be back here in a couple weeks with a brand new episode. Yep. And uh, I think we're going to be talking about some things that you helped us pick, right? That's right. It's the Final Fear Finals. It's, uh... Say that five times fast. No. 
it's from uh i guess from the east bracket <laughs> uh from 1980 friday the oh, so we do have the finals already. yeah okay yeah, yeah it's friday the 13th hey of course and from the west bracket which actually came back from being behind a little late surge at the end oh dip aliens really yep that is a shocker also, I could have sworn we'd done this on the show before. Aliens? Aliens, yeah. We did Alien. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember that. We did Alien and Alien Resurrection. The fourth one? We did it coupled with one of the newer ones. Huh. But we have not done Aliens. Okay, well, I mean, that's the best one in the series, but we'll get into that. Obviously. Uh, cool. So look out for that, guys. It should be fun. Uh, we haven't... I. What Friday the 13th seems like one of those ones that we would have done already. We've done six and we've done three. So we haven't even done like four. I, I don't know what we're doing. We haven't done Halloween movies either. We're just fucking around. <laughs> I mean, we've done what? We did Halloween. Did we've we done ever, three. We did three. We did. We did all three of the new ones. Yeah. I have we done the remake like Rob Zombies? Yes. Have we? I think. Okay. But yeah, like we just haven't even touched the series, and like we've done so many Halloween episodes at this point, we've never once done Halloween. <laughs> Seriously, what are we doing? <laughs> Maybe we're like we're like, oh, here's this indie movie from Kansas that costs four hundred fifty dollars. Let's put that on for the Halloween episode because <laughs> one scene there's kids trick or treating. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's not do fucking Halloween from nineteen seventy nine. God. <laughs> Uh, 10 years, guys. <laughs> All right. So, uh, in the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Put a little something in the text box. I don't know why, but they give a little more weight to those ratings. It really doesn't matter what it is. Tell us your favorite Halloween movie. Um, tell us why we're stupid because we haven't reviewed Halloween already. <laughs> yeah. Tell us your favorite kind of salad dressing. It doesn't matter. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, spoutable YouTube as great plot podcast. And we're on Twitter as grave underscore plot. And uh, of course, patreon.com slash great plot podcast. If you want to join us live for horror business, every episode, get your name in the show, get discounts on merch, all that other good stuff. Bring money, bring money. Get your I'm a werewolf and you can too t-shirt today. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's been real. Until next time, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. 